Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I'm a fan of classic movies. Hello and welcome to Overlapping Dialogue, a podcast of audio commentaries dedicated to discussing cinema that fascinates us in a way we hope fascinates you. We're your co-hosts, Kyle and Levi Huffman. I'm Kyle. And I'm Levi. And here we are for our first, uh, our inaugural episode, hopefully the first of many. And today we wanted to start off with something we're very familiar with, and we're relatively sure you're pretty familiar with as well, uh, the 1993 Steven, Steven Spielberg classic. I'm not sure there's a kind of a time when you can officially call a movie a classic. You know, I'd this say this one is the time by now. Yeah, I mean we're all working on nearly 30 years now of Jurassic Park, which is you know wildly popular film, especially of children of the 90s and even those in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. I know um, this film really represents so much. It re- and it represents you know a pretty sizable uh, f- you know dinosaur print uh, oh, of definitely, sorts, yeah. not only in Steven Spielberg's career. But really, in the career of everyone, um, you know, who worked on the film, and so we're going to just kind of start off talking, a little, doing some little intro stuff. Then we're going to have a little break, and then we're going to hit play and watch the movie with you. Um, so, Levi, why don't you run us down some kind of just some basic facts? Sure. Uh, things real quick well, about Jurassic Park. Of course, it was of course directed by Steven Spielberg, um, and it was adapted from a novel written by Michael Crichton of the same name. Uh, it was adapted by Crichton and David Kipp. Um, is that how you say his name? David Coop. Coop, right? Yeah. Coop, who's uh, written a lot of different. Yeah, things, he's yeah. secretly, yeah. despite whatever uh, Philip Bright might tell you, uh, actually one of the oh. more kind of important people I think in this era of Hollywood because he actually, you know, kind of you can look at his credits and he has a pretty big hand on some pretty big popular movies. Some not so good. Hmm. He may Premium have been. Rush, uh, I believe one. he wrote and directed Mordecai. Oh, the uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. Depp uh, classic. Jonathan Depp, yeah. uh, a classic in quotes, italics. Mm-hmm. Actually, strike through on that. Um, but nonetheless, he has a pretty sizable role in a lot of right. movies. So uh, obviously, some big cast members. Yeah. So uh, Sam Neill, um, who I didn't even know was actually new uh, from New Zealand until um, Hunt for the Wilder People. Funny enough, and that was a shock. But um, Laura Dern, um, God, uh, Goddess Laura Dern. Yes, of course. Jeff Goldblum. Richard Attenborough, um, Bob Peck, Martin Ferrero, B.D. Wong, Samuel L. Jackson. It should be said here, this was Samuel L. Jackson just before Pulp Fiction. Right, and after Jungle Fever, I believe, would have yeah. been around that time. Wayne Knight. Um, 90s hero. Of course. We're going to be probably be talking about Wayne Knight quite a bit today. Um, Joseph Mazzello um, and Ariana Richards, um, and those were the uh, two children, I believe, in the movie. Um as far as the release date it would it? have been July or June 9th, nineteen ninety three, at the Uptown Theater, which is I'm assuming in California. Nope, it's in Washington D.C. 
Um, and was the premiere. Was yeah. the premiere, and then June 11th in, for general theaters in the United States. It's about 128 minutes. Um, it was made for $63 million, which is quite a bit of money, obviously. You know, at the time, that was among the highest budgets. Right, I think, but it also history. was the highest grossing movie of all time at that time because it made 912 point seven million dollars worldwide which um, you know it should be said that's you know the closest to film at that point obviously had ever gotten to a billion right and it would be followed up by titanic um which i think we're going to talk a little bit about as we watch this because right. one thing that always sticks out about to me and to you and i think many's about jurassic park is it's kind of was in the golden age of these 90s special effects pictures right. this terminator 2 Titanic. Right. Um, a lot of these were two Dennis, of those were James Cameron. Right. A lot of these were Dennis Muren and uh, course, ILM yeah. Industrial Light and Magic um, companies. Um, so yeah, and obviously, I as far as um, special effects movies go, the two movies I think of that I think have the best special effects. The first one I, I think has the best special effects that hold up forever is Terminator Two, um, partially because and we read an article leading up to this, kind of talking about a lot of these things that that used a lot more animatronics and CG at the time, um, and it used CG a little more sparingly. This one was a little more heavy on the CG and a little less on the animatronics, but it still used a lot of animatronics, but both were Dennis Muren things. Um, but I think this one is one of them too, but obviously uh, dealing with uh, animals that are not supposed to look like human beings, I think it makes it look a little more dated right. um, in the sense that Terminator 2 just looks, uh, because it's robots that are supposed to be like human beings so it can look a little bit less good in any way sure um but yeah um yeah i mean and people have went back now and there's actually been a lot of dinosaur scholarship ever since this movie right. obviously um, and this movie was obviously at this point the most realistic depiction of dinosaurs right. on screen especially in a big mainstream fashion um and you know living in the growing up in the 90s you know if you saw a dinosaur book as a kid or dinosaur, you know, a lot of kids yeah. grow up loving dinosaurs. Right. So much of that for 90s kids like myself being born in 92, you were in 98, mm -hmm. so not too far behind. Yeah. Every time you see dinosaurs, you think of this movie. This right. movie for whole generations of people come to define what dinosaurs were. Right. And, of course, it's a work of science fiction, but it really captivated, you know, the, the imaginations of so many children and adults as well. We mm -hmm. actually know of... Uh, few adults who at the right. time friends of our father who were captivated by it, right. who, uh, uh valentine's his name yeah. shout out to valentine right uh, he's a yeah a friend of our dad's that rode motorcycles with him that he was apparently very enamored with the movie which that was a thing with many people the special effects were so advanced i think it was really a shock to the system um which of course we read also that people have kind of gone back and seen and we can kind of i guess talk about spielberg a little bit now what we think of spielberg but um that some people have looked back and said, oh, well, Steven Spielberg kind of ruined movies with Jaws and Jurassic Park, that these blockbusters are using special effects, and obviously Jaws was far more rudimentary, 1970s special effects, but especially Jurassic Park kind of made special effects part of, um, you know, the summer blockbuster to a point where they're all CG now. Um, although, really, I feel like that would be something that should actually be laid a little more at the feet of people like Peter Jackson and... George Lucas in the early 2000s with heavily using that, but I guess that was also because this was. That's such another a big thing part of that's that kind of uh, historically. A, a specter implies a much more negative term than I think right. I would mean it, but the specter that does hang over this movie is 
how CGI is going to transform movies yeah. over the next 10, 15 years uh, from this point. Um, and towards and talking about special effects movies of the 90s, of course, at the end of the 90s, into the early 2000s, Star Wars formally returned uh, back from the dead for so many years mm-hmm. uh, with the prequels. And those films get a bad rap, of course, because right. of the CGI that they used. Um, although, if you go back and watch Phantom Menace, of course, it's going to have more effects than this. But it was actually among the more practical, of course, of all of those three right. movies. So yeah. what we're seeing here is almost in real time an industry in transition, right? It's right. an industry that is, you know, has for the first time some of the digital tools that previous effects films just never had had. Right. But, and going back to the criticism, you think that, and I agree, many people level a lot of Spielberg. Spielberg is a individual in Hollywood's history, and as Spielberg films have come out, that, oh, he's kind of pulled the industry in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's not true for a variety of reasons, yeah. one of which um, he's a master filmmaker. Right. He's made plenty of yeah. films that had nothing to do with special effects. Just recently thinking about some of his movies, um, you know, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, much more historically based. A little bit before that, of course, you had Catch Me If You Can. And even what this is coming off of, um, was after, of course, that all that huge success he had in the early 80s. You're talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're talking about E.T. And it should be said that this was the highest grossing film since E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, that E.T. had lasted for that long, mm-hmm. almost you know 10 years plus, um, as the box office champ. That you know, over the mid to eight late eighties, Spielberg had actually started to make more films that he was criticized for not making earlier. Right? He made I haven't even seen it yet, but I know Always, yeah, um, Empire of the Sun. He started to go in a more of a direction and say, "Oh, I can make a drama, even though people don't expect me to do that." And I think some of that experience plays off here in terms of his the human characters. Obviously, right. we read a lot of the reviews. Yeah, heading into this film, and so many of them, of course, are going to fixate on um, the, you know, the effects, the dinosaurs, this and that. Um, but of course, you know, you've got Sam Neill, you've got Laura Dern, you've got Jeff Goldblum, you've got a lot of talented actors who make us care about these characters and characters that on the page. Sure, they're not going to be the most in-depth, fully realized people, but that's why you get the charismatic actors that you get. Right. And more than anything, they represent also science itself questioning, obviously, the value of what this whole undertaking is. The film's almost answering its critics in real time in terms of people who are going to criticize this as just empty fluff, yeah. as uh, you know, maybe we should have stopped and thought about it before we did it, You know, to paraphrase yeah. Goldblum's famous quote. So... He's almost uh, uh, jumping ahead and answering what some of the criticisms of this film are going to be actually in the film right. itself. Yeah. Interestingly, too, I think um, one thing that I found, well, just to talk about the reviews that we read in general, we read about four or five kind of from like Ebert, Travers, um, Maslin, a lot of, you know, some of those kind of main people that every single one of those I read, at least in some way, referred to the idea of. This is going to be a big, you know, uh, going to sell a lot of toys and going to sell a lot of merchandising. And it, it's like they were kind of disgusted by that moment that we're probably going to laugh at when we see it in the movie of that one shot of all the toys and lunch boxes and like uh, Jurassic Park merchandise that's actually at the park. And that they were so, you know, kind of, I feels like shocked by that or almost like, oh, this is going to be a thing that's going to be happening forever now. Which, um, and also just well quickly to say about that also that's something you could probably 
put at the feet of George Lucas again with Star Wars as far as heavy merchandising in movies. I think that was the kind of the first movies to really, really do that in a big way. Other than maybe you had smaller versions of that with like the Planet of the Apes films, but of course I have to bring that up because I'm a big fan of the Planet of the Apes movies. But, um, but so there's that, but also that in those reviews it seemed like everybody was uh, saying, yeah, it's good, like, you know, it's a fine enough fun movie, but... Um, they were either complaining about the hollowness of the characters or um, or that merchandising thing or that it wasn't as good as the book or whatever. Yeah, which know. again, uh, we'll maybe make this the last note before we really stop and really get into this movie because there's a lot of things to talk about in the movie itself. Um, you have read the book, yes. Michael Crichton's Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. You've read some other Michael Crichton books. Yeah. Um, loosely speaking, I know it might have been some years since you've it read has it, but been a how while. does it... How, what's this translation? Is it um, uh, is it faithful? What changes does it make? Do you really remember? Are those changes for the better or the worse in your memory? Well, with any book to movie adaptation, I, and first of all, I'll say the Jurassic Park novel is quite good. Um, the biggest difference between the two that I've that I can remember um, is that it's far more um, about the technology um, and far more about. Um, the moral questions, which I feel like the movie does parse those very well, but and especially about the espionage plot, um, it's a lot more concerned with the Dennis Nedry Dodson. We've got Dodson here stuff mm-hmm. um, in the book, and all, and also that there's just a lot of ca- certain characters that die, certain characters that don't. Hammond uh, famously dies uh, very uh, violently um, at the end of the novel, and the bi- another big difference between the book and the movie is that. Hammond is straight up an evil uh, person in the book. Like he right. isn't even the kind of fatherly, almost like Santa Claus esque uh, Richard Attenborough. Of course, would play Santa Claus in the Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street version, but right. uh, in the nineties. But um, but yeah, and but, I mean, yeah, I, all but, I can speak of is the movie. I think he perfectly plays this because right. he he plays it as this guy who's obviously he's almost like this jolly Santa Claus like figure in this that he really wants he's like almost a Walt Disney or a um, you know just some kind of this great happy creator who is aware of some of the questions of this but it just he's got his kind of these this pie in the sky yeah. attitude and mentality and that he's kind of looking at this fully as the glass half full of what this part can be and of course, that doesn't work out for him. And I think right. we'll get to it. One of the last moments of the film, really for me, among the mo- most, believe it or not, effective moments of, and I say effective with an A here, uh, moments of Spielberg's career in terms of this sense of loss that he feels that, that this dream that he had is went up in smoke mm-hmm. effectively. Another big difference about the novel, too. Um, well, his death, funny enough, he died. I don't even remember if they're in this movie or not, but they're these little dinosaurs called Compies. They have a longer name that starts with a P. I don't give a crap because I don't care about dinosaur names, but um, that it's like these little ones that kind of look like little chickens, basically, yeah. or little ostriches, kind of, and they like basically maul him to death and eat him or whatever. But then also, they literally napalm the whole island when they leave mm-hmm. everybody gets out but then they bomb it because then there's this whole section that's going on where they're going down in below uh some of the buildings into it's like they're like it's almost like the ending of aliens if you remember that where they like she goes back in like goes down this elevator and that's where the queen is or mm-hmm. whatever it's kind of similar to that like that 
they go down there and there's all these raptor um velociraptor nests and stuff and they have i think they blow some of those up or something it's a way different ending um that is far more uh like anything i find this a lot with stephen king adaptations too it's like it's good in the novel but when you're going to transfer these things to a book i think or, or to a film yeah. rather um it doesn't work. it just doesn't work and i think it's a lot better to have the ending of um of this as well one thing i thought was funny too i, I don't remember who said this it might have been janet maslin but i don't remember exactly referred to that ending and said oh but they kind of left the island to sit so they could have more sequels which i think is hilarious um that people recognize that at the time but yeah. um which, anyway, of course, funny enough, the sequels actually pull on. Oh, there were a whole other right, islands. It, well, and that's the same thing as uh, The Lost World. The I read half of that, the novel sequel, The Lost World. I only read about half of that, and it was uh, whatever. I didn't Which isn't Goldblum's character killed yes, in the book? He, yeah, he, that's what I was going to say. So there are a lot of characters that die in the book. Samuel Jackson's character doesn't die in the book. Yeah, he holds um, on to his book. I think Muldoon, yes. I think Muldoon lives, too. Mm-hmm. Um there's like a lot of people that live randomly and then like uh malcolm uh, the uh goldblum character dies but then they bring him back in the sequel like oh he lived and then also in the in the novel and the movie too but he just de- definitively lives in the movie you know but and then i think Gennaro, the blood-sucking lawyer who dies one of my favorite deaths in any movie in this movie um, yeah who lives in the book and then dies between books of cancer a lot of really weird differences there mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, overall, the book, I mean, it just had, it's actually a pretty faithful adaptation. They're, they're, um, in memory, I haven't read it in a while, so it's been a little while, but the big, the other big difference is Land Rovers instead of Jeeps, I guess, but, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a good book, uh, it wasn't one of my more favorite Crichton books, I think it, or it's, well, it would be up there, but it's not my well, favorite. Well, we should book. say also, briefly, that this isn't even the first Crichton version of this story, no, if there's Westworld, Westworld World came even right. before that, which we both seen that film. Uh, yeah, I I wasn't as big of a fan of that movie. I mean, it was okay at the time. I'm just kind of question Yul Brenner as a whole thing yeah. in cinema, anyway. Um, but and also the show is trash. So, um, but <laughs> we like, hey, we yeah. gave it a lot of chances. Well, Kyle especially did because I think I gave up even before that because they started doing Samurai World and I was like, oh, that's gonna be so cool. And then it was even dumber than you could ever imagine. Um, and now they're doing, I guess, what are they on, the fourth season now they're going to be doing or something? Yeah, I believe. Who cares? Well, yeah. uh, la- well, last thing I think we should say before we do this, um, we can't talk about this movie in this moment, I don't think, without acknowledging that this was one of two films that Spielberg released in 1993. Right. The other, of course, was Schindler's List. Can anybody have had a bigger year than I mean, that? The, you had a filmmaker who released a film that literally was the highest grossing film of all time. Okay. Yeah. And despite some critical quibbles was pretty beloved yeah not, of course by mainstream audiences oh, but definitely. by even by critics respected that yeah. right. and then to make kind of the movie that we're talking about what people associate the dinosaurs with jurassic park of a certain generation of people if you bring up the holocaust schindler's list is almost right. synonymous with it in terms of defining for not only america but for a lot of western audiences what that looks like on yeah. film now of course it wasn't the first movie made about the holocaust no but it was a very very formative film that was critically successful um won him academy awards that had kind of by that point had uh, he had not won really mm-hmm. right um and because he had always oh you're, you make these popcorn movies yeah. you don't make these serious dramas and that movie to be it's successful in kind of these you know 
bread and butter. It made money. It won Academy Awards, but is also an incredible film. It right. should be said above all else um, that does depict uh, horrific events of the Holocaust. Right. And so the fact that he was able to have those in the same year, yeah, and is and it, just uh, astounding. Yeah, and it's interesting what it's and not and I feel like there actually is a human connection in this movie in Jurassic Park. I feel like I am interested enough in the characters. But if you had to complain about that, it's like, well, maybe he was putting all that into one of the most human films ever made with Schindler's List. And I know that you know. Uh, I think in the whole process that he had shot the stuff from this first in Hawaii, principally, right. and that he scheduled it to do this before that. Yeah. Because he was aware of what an experience that was going to be to make, and he's right. like, "I want to have the fun of this movie before." Yeah. That was heavily covered in that, that Spielberg uh, documentary that HBO, I think, put out, yeah. or, or well, it at least played on HBO. I don't remember if they put it out, but anyway, yeah, and I that think was he went to Europe to there. shoot that as they were doing a lot of the effects work right. for this, and kind yeah. of he was overseeing that from afar. I can't even yeah. imagine making these two. I mean, I can't imagine making a movie at all, let alone two movies like this. And I think that Spielberg. Is really just is in the top three best filmmakers of all time. But when you really think about the just his biggest accomplishment overall, I mean, you have his best movie. I think is Jaws and or the uh, you know other fil- films that are really great. But that just to even do th- these two types of movies in the same year and they both be as great as they are is such a such an accomplishment that can only really be rivaled by something like I guess Mel Brooks's 1974 with uh, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, but both of those are similar types of movies, so they're not as different um, yeah. as those. Um, and then, I mean, even in the 90s, of, uh, we need to wrap this up soon yeah. before we start this movie, sure. but um, in the 90s, later on, he would win Best Director uh, again for Saving Private Ryan. Right. So that, Which is, you know, of course, he, right. this is not even, the, he was out of steam in the 90s. He's yeah. going to be going to make some other things. So well, I think we're going to talk about Spielberg as we do this and this film's place in his career and his future. Um but rest assured, we're both huge fans, I believe, to Spielberg. And just also briefly, I mean, this last thing we'll say, um, you know, what as just I think you could, we'll probably speak for both those. What's your relationship to this film? Somebody I have no memory it. at all of when I first saw it. Um, like a lot of movies, this Jaws, the Star Wars movies, uh, Batman movies, a lot, a lot of those, movies. yeah, a lot of those Tim Burton movies. I had no memory at all when I first saw it. Um, I think I said we said kind of in the original uh, our introductory podcast about how we don't that we watched it on those like uh, VHS's that were like you had two that came in it and it was like that and a little documentary about it I remember seeing this one a lot but not as much as Jaws Um, but yeah I mean I have no memory of when I first saw it but I've always loved it Um, I feel like I've loved it more as I've gotten older Um, because I was actually somebody that I'm not even really saying this I was never really that into dinosaurs when I was younger I was never kind of a dinosaur kid I I was much more interested in sharks actually because I loved y'all as much as I did Mm -hmm. Um, but but this I mean I love this movie and seeing dinosaurs like that it was just very cool and interesting and uh, very entertaining movie I think you know I've seen this we've seen it at various points over the last few years Holds up really well. Yeah. Even though, I mean, some of the effects you can look at of, oh, they're little, but we don't watch right. movies looking no. for that exactly. So, no. the, it just as an entertainment, it's as well oiled as it can be. Absolutely. I think, really. So, yeah. all right, we're going to pause temporarily uh, and we'll be right back and we're going to get into 1993's Jurassic Park. There it is. Welcome. 
to Jurassic Park. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. How'd you do this? Becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents. You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Fences are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! Go! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. And we're back, and we're going to hit plays and play, plays, plays, uh-oh. plays. Uh-oh, no, this is not a theater podcast. They respect the theater. Five, four, three, two, one. And it should be said, this is the... PG-13 for Intense Science Fiction Terror. That's a new one. Intense yep. Science Fiction Terror. Um, Should be said also, um, this is a film. I yep. can't quite remember what I was going to say. Yeah. Well... Um, but you know, I, I like the move not to go for the universal theme here. Yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say, you know, uh, Universal always winning with their logos over time, all kinds of different versions of that. You have this with the kind of opening with the jungle sound, you have Jaws with the weird, like, whatever those sounds are. I don't even know what that got is. Got a clean title card. Now, obviously, we're listening to some John, Will- John Williams music, which. You know, John Williams and Steven Spielberg, such a historical connection over the years. For you, where does this rank in terms of John Williams' specifically his huh. Spielberg scores? Uh, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I, get, I mean, it's great. Um, <laughs> I think about it a lot because I always joke about how the uh, you can take the uh, Superman animated series theme yeah. And hum it, and it will turn into this theme very quickly if you do yep. it kind of certainly. Uh, it's a it's a good one. I mean, I think Jaws is my, probably my favorite score from any movie. Um, I'd say this maybe. is as far so. as the traditional stereotypical main John Williams themes. I'd I'd rank this very very highly. Uh, I'd yeah. say like a top three maybe, but yeah, probably. Uh, now I think and a good thing, you know, this film is known for its CGI. But very early on, it's opening up with that Jaws-esque, like, we're not going to show you fully what this is. We're going to draw the mystery right. out, which, of course, Jaws had a huge, you know, was known for that. Uh, Isla now, Nublar, 120 miles west of Costa Rica. Which it should be said, you know, in Jaws, they were hiding the shark for so long because they had so many mechanical yeah. problems with it. They certainly had all the resources at this point, but he's still opting for that pullback, and we're not going to give it all to you at once, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, very strange opening set piece here that's always been memorable to me. I think this image of the guy getting like pulled is so terrifying here. And also, you know, this first scene establishes um, this movie kind of has a reputation as an adventure film, but in every adventure film, in some ways, is also a horror film. Yeah. And I feel like this opening kind of especially uh, that. movies like this, yeah, um, the kind of Spielberg type movies like that. Um, oh, poor Joffrey. Yeah, Joffrey Ph. Yeah. Not the... Uh, Suspenseful instrumental music intensifies. Yeah, we're watching this with subtitles. I was going to say Creature Shrieking. Yeah. Uh, and I, I meant to say earlier, we're watching this on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, which because looks, physical media. Yeah. 
screaming. Now that's just screwed up right there. You know, at this point, it would be better for this guy just to be killed and eaten, I think. I know they're yeah. trying to save him, but you're going to be losing your legs I mean, and shoot her. God man. knows what else. Using the proper pronouns. This shot of the eye and him looking at it, this yeah. is like, I have seen my villain. Like, you know. <laughs> I mean, everybody has their own antagonist. And, yeah. Joffrey screaming. So, R.I.P. to Joffrey, the first casualty. And now coming we, up with another future casualty. Yeah. Uh, who I've always thought this guy looks like Don DeLillo, um, mixed with, of course, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, well, we've said Devin Strathairn also. Devin Strathairn, that's what I was trying to think of his name. I couldn't think of it for a second. Yeah. Um, Miguel Sandoval, as always. Uh, always great to see him show up. I had a big so. moment in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, mostly in a lot of those Alex Cox movies um, and was in uh, that one episode of Seinfeld with the cockfighting. He was like the cockfighter guy. All-time sunglasses game on him in that episode. <laughs> um, yeah, Miguel Sandoval is always great. Oh, oh, and also, yeah, of course, in uh, Do the Right Thing, I always uh, yeah, one forget of the cops. he was in right. Um, this is always... You know, there's always a reputation of the Spielberg oneer that he's kind of yeah. got the characters kind of moving through the frame in the foreground, uh, kind of, uh, you know, and all this action going on in the background, which he's very skilled at world building in that way. Right. The way this guy talks makes me laugh. I have two experts sign off on the. Yeah, island. I mean it's immediately established, and we want this guy to die. Yeah, because he didn't die in the novel, like I said, which is interesting. He like lives to the whole thing. Um, Maybe this is like Spielberg's like way of getting back at the you know the various lawyers who have held down him over oh, the years. Of course. It immediately establishes Amber. Yeah, is you know, oh, we're gonna that's Amber Tyler, alert. Gonna, Amber shouldn't, alert. <laughs> shouldn't make fun of that, but um, a bad g a giggle here and there ain't yeah. too bad. I did want to talk. This the is the Badlands. As Springsteen was. <laughs> this said. is our first time seeing this uh, after Until the End of the World, which is a very kind of great Sam Neill performance. Yeah, it's kind of oh yeah, the front I, of that, I kind you know. of forget he's in that, and uh, he's one of the best things I mean, he's about He's the narrator it. of the film right. and plays a crucial role in the movie, but he's not a, one of the main two characters. Yeah. Might have to do a commentary of that someday. But, uh, a great movie. I mean, I've always liked Sam Neill a lot, but yeah. I, that's a random little gem. I think he's super good in it. So, you know? where do we rank Badlands as the actual place, mm -hmm. this moment in this film, mm -hmm. Badlands the film, mm -hmm. and the Springsteen song? Now, Springsteen song's last, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Levi, we should establish uh, now, is not a huge Springsteen yeah, fan. Not a huge one. I don't dislike him as much as I used to, but anyway. I think maybe the actual place. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it's, you know, more tangible. We've never been, but, right. you know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. But, love to go, but. Uh, it should be noted that in the Peter Travers review for this film, which we read for the Rolling Stone, he referred to... You mean uh, sm Mr. Sar smart, Sexy, and Seriously Funny? <laughs> he, uh, he referred to Neil as Indiana Bones. Uh, oh, wow. Which, you know... Yeah. Uh, Travers is a very deeply corny man, and yeah. I say this as a corny man myself. Right. But like uh, one of you know great little uh, line from him, you know. Of course, we got the great Laura Dern, who's you know love her independently, but also 
huge David Lynch fans. Mm-hmm. Plays a crucial. Also role love her, her father, film. Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern, yeah, all time. Um, I mean, can't a girl have a moment? <laughs> that she once asked in Big Little Lies. It's kind of interesting too that even in the film is setting up at this time of paleontology, that digital technology yeah. is also playing a role. Right. Just in their, you know. Yeah, because I was going to say this a little earlier. This is kind of almost an, you know, they talked a lot about in these uh, reviews and everybody's talked about this is kind of the, the, uh, uses the model of the old monster run amok film. You had, of course, The Lost World uh, from the 1920s. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. I don't remember anything about it other than that I saw it. It kind of has the, the climax is kind of copied uh, in The Lost World sequel, the movie sequel to this. Um, but um, anyway, it's like in the you know in the vein of a lot of those like King Kong, um, a lot of Ray Harryhausen type dinosaur films that were made in the forties and fifties. You know that type of right. thing, which so, of course played you know I know were influential to Spielberg. I right. Know, like um, and so in the same way, this is kind of both first for technology and also first for like I said, a lot of kids being coming and interested in these types of movies or in dinosaurs, being able to actually see them as they would more likely look. Um, it should be saying said also here that's establishing you know Grant's kind of uh, dislike of children dislike uh, of technology dislike of children dislike baby smell I mean (laughs) um, but of course uh, that all he's gonna he's gonna change I mean the interactive CD-ROM really changes (laughs) his mind you know Um, that yeah that's first class for him so he's like we're gonna bump it up can't even use like seat belts, as we'll see later. Spill your guts. Spill your test. What a freak! Which well, this kid's kind of a freak. You were alive when they start to eat you. Show a little respect, punk. <laughs> um. Poor kid. I mean, yeah. he was just kind of kidding around, and I'd say he's a kid. He kid around, you know. Yeah. Well, shots fired. Not on that bum. He's got a. I mean, both got great fits. Oh, should be of course. Said. I mean. Dern with the denim on denim, and then him with the the plaid and the khakis and the hat and the glasses. And I, love, I love the symbolism of this. It's just like destroying the old ways. Like, <laughs> you know. Does that really matter all that much? It's not like it's going to blow it all out, but they got to dig it up anyway. Yeah. It's just part of the war on science. I just don't care about science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> social studies teacher, I mean, I'm just like, you know, science. as a current social studies teacher and yeah. a soon to be future one, you know, uh, science, yeah, we need it, but uh, all time great character intro. We should so, say but, about this scene really quickly. We watched this uh, at Lumina in Wilmington. Me and you did that yeah. one time. And this scene, the sound cut out. Mm-hmm. And a guy just yelled, we were saving that at the exact <laughs> moment. And it was just amazing. But anyway, what do we have to say about well, Richard Attenborough? Well, I was just going to say, 
this character in this, he's literally digging through their refrigerator yeah. when they walk in, just like, you know, like, who are you again? Yeah. Which I think he just said that he had given them, like, this $50,000 right. grant, so it's establishing the grant to the grant, you know. Right. Um, Give nice. But, yeah, I just think you couldn't have picked a better person for this role than Attenborough because yeah. he's like this, you know, your grand, your happy-go-lucky grandfather. Um, should also be said that when Attenborough won... Uh, the Oscar for Gandhi mm. in uh, yeah. 1983 that he, I think he said something to the effect that he thought E.T. should have won or yeah. that he thought E.T. was a great film, which uh, I'm not sure of this history between him and Spielberg, but I'm sure that's something Spielberg obviously yeah. took and treasured and remembered. And of right. course, here he is in this. Yeah. Like no I, expense, by the way. <laughs> We're going to be saying that a lot here. The, yeah, like I said, I mean, I, in the novel, of course, he's the, you know, more evil version you know uh but i think it works better in the movie that he's almost he's almost ignorant in a sense he's more like oh i just am wanting to do this thing and it's like even worse i think in a way that he doesn't even really know what he's doing almost well, also what's bad about it is that um in some ways is that he's not a younger in his 30s or 40s industrialist entrepreneur that he's at the end of the road. And mm-hmm. this kind yeah. of is the investment of his life is this right. park and this endeavor. And spoiler alert, the way it resolves itself is less than satisfactory, to say the least. So that's right. kind of a tragedy of this movie is that that arc that he goes through. Again, Schedule. Just how, Schedule. Yeah. How giddy he is. And also, I mean, the fit from him here. I mean, got yeah. the, you know, the Panama hat. And- Always love a Panama hat. Soft instrumental music. <laughs> we were saying something about this earlier when we were testing this, that the universal uh, subtitles actually orient themselves around right. where the characters are. The yeah, like I was saying, they did that a lot with uh, the universal horror movies when they put them on DVD, those kind of legacy collection sets. They did that with us. The first time I ever noticed that because I watched those a lot. But. Um, yeah, I really like the way Cheers, this... where everybody knows your name. Right. But it just ended, actually, right, right. when this is this movie would have premiered. I'm currently going through Cheers. The one thing I had... Well, the first thing we need Bible to say... Lively Mexican music playing. San Jose, Costa Rica. First thing we need to say about this Dodson guy, didn't this guy get Me Too'd or something, this actor? So, something. Um, I, I don't even want to go this far. It was like a murder and or a, something really out there. Wow. Well, I, I might be making that up. It's yeah, some sort of assault. I, I don't thing, remember right, what at the... At the very least. Anyway, but. the funny thing about the Dodson character to me is that he is like the villain of the, sequel, the book sequel. Um, He's which, such an afterthought in this. Right. He's barely a character. I mean, you know. What to say about Wayne Knight? Wayne Knight, Knight, 90s icon. A lot of 90s icons, but this, Seinfeld. Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2. Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct. I mean, Rat rat Race. JFK. JFK, Rat Race, which JFK we definitely will be doing on this pod eventually. One of my favorite And then also, to clap it off, was this in 2000? I can't remember. The My Favorite Martian. He was the, Um, the voice of Zoot. Oh, right. I don't remember what year that was. It was the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, um, you know, I've really. This is, by the way, when we're recording this, is just a, uh, the Friday after uh, the inauguration of Biden. Oh wait, we gotta see this moment. Just squeal here. 
which is just not even realistic. <laughs> but um, the uh, but yeah, so Joe Biden was just inaugurated as uh, 46, 46th president. president of the United States on uh, Wednesday. Thank God. Yeah. The um, anyway, they, we've been seeing a lot of these Bernie sitting with his mittens yeah. memes, which are really annoying. They're probably still out there as you're hearing this, whenever that um, is. But my favorite one I've seen is him sitting like Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct and then like a reaction shot of him looking at him. And it's probably my favorite one I've seen because I've loathed most of them. Um, but anyway, just had to bring that up. Adventurous instrumental music. I'll say this real quick. Yeah. Have you seen this film on the big screen? I guess we saw it a little no, bit not time other together. Than that. Um, me and a good friend, uh, college roommate Ian uh, Fincham, uh, we actually saw it when it the twentieth yeah, anniversary. Yeah, I didn't get to see that. Yeah, when they did 3D, the three D, uh, right. which we could care less about the three D. Just when we want to see. It. And shout out to Ian. Hopefully, you're hearing this, Ian. Um, he actually did some full on Alan Grant cosplay. Mm-hmm. Of the, where he had like basically this, yeah. this exact fit right here of the hat. He even had the like red bandana around the neck and the blue shirt and the khakis. Great job by Ian. So and here uh, we got Goldblum, should be said. What's there? What's there to say about Jeff Goldblum other than great? I mean, into the night. Very strange man. Um, he is, yeah. Uh, in a lot of great things. We actually just recently watched the uh, Alan Rudolph movie. Remember my name? Well, a very, <laughs> very interesting performance He's in that. He's only film. got like two, three, four scenes. Yeah, and there's like a random. There's a, was that random moment of him looking at his picture of his mother, and it took it really seriously. And it's like, why would we care about that? But Anyway, really good, quite good movie there, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it is. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Jeff Goldblum uh, will be doing End of the Night on this show at some point. That's um, my personal, probably favorite movie he's done. Yeah. This is up there as well. Favorite There's, John Landis movie, definitively. I mean, uh, also Annie Hall, he's got this yeah. one scene. Oh, I, I forgot, forgot my that. mantra. Um, yeah. So this is where you could take it and turn it from the uh, Superman animated series yeah. and turn it into this. Um, which is a random thing I bring up more than I should. Um, and as I said, I believe most of this was shot in Hawaii. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think they shot some in California. That was probably the, like, studio, like, stuff where they, like, that they shot for the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh... Yahoo! <laughs> dot com. The Yahoo dot com, yeah. I still have Yahoo email, by the way. Oh, I never do. use Yahoo, really, other than the email. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about, though? Oh, uh... That other than uh, they probably the stuff they filmed in California was probably like the uh, control room stuff I would assume, but yeah, all this stuff would have been in Hawaii, um, where they film everything. It seems like I just love this mo- this small character moment from Grant. He can't get the seatbelt, so he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna tie this thing, and you know, his obviously killer survival instincts by him, as we'll see over the course of this movie. Beautiful scenery. Yep, as always, Hawaii. We've never been to Hawaii, but I'd love no, to go. No, being not supposed to go. Furthest west I've been is Nashville. I've barely got you beat with, like, Alabama. Mississippi and yeah, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've been to Mississippi, yeah, that's right. This is almost the exact same shot we'll see towards the, the end, end where leaving. it's a di- kind of a different vibe. Yeah. <laughs> All-time walking cane, by the way, too, yeah. Already, they got the merchandising on lock. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, we'll have to talk about that the whole time, especially to adventurous instrumental music. 
spare no expense. Yeah. Even though, you know, Dinosaur Island has the police state. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, a lot of cages, a lot of fencing. Never a good sign. Um, no. It's like, oh, we have to have all these fences and cages right. for people to have fun. Uh, huh. Yeah. Is that really? Is that, that should be, you know, red alert number one that this might not be a great idea, but, you know. We could probably talk about this later, but I figured I'd bring it up now. What do you think about the sequels to all to these movies in general? So, I actually like the second one fine, yeah. Lost World. I haven't that, seen that I think that, that in one is an time, interesting so. example of taking a side character and making him the main character of the movie. In that case, it's Goldblum. Yeah. Um, and that that doesn't always work out exactly as well as you would think it would. It's still good, but... It's not quite as good. In forty-eight as you would hope. hours, he's going to be accepting his apology. But that but. second one has some really solid sequences in it. Yeah, uh, the one of the the uh, that like bus or basically trailer, trailer hanging like trailer, over the yeah. side of like a cliff. That's yeah. awesome. Um, it does jump the shark a little bit though, in terms of like oh the dinosaurs get brought back to like a modern city. I don't remember if it was like San Diego. Yeah, like or I said, that's was, basically but... a repeat of the climax of uh, the original Lost World movie. The um, third one, I don't really like it all. I don't really care. I mean, I don't hate it either, yeah. either necessarily. I just don't really care for it. It does have that ultra weird sequence of... Oh, of the uh, Velociraptor on the airplane? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Um, well, We should stop and pause and... Yeah. Kind of, this is the one of the biggest, most memorable, iconic moments from the film, of course. When not all, and the Spielberg face, kind of a popular thing of characters opening their mouths and looking at this grand thing happens in a lot of Spielberg films. Um, and of course, it's you know seeing this dinosaur in the kind of almost in flesh for the first time, not only for the characters but for the audience as well. You know, and Sam Neill pioneering a lot of the great acting that Ewan McGregor will then turn in the prequels in terms of really trying your hardest at something that's this not guy, there. This driver looks kind of like John Sayles. Yeah. You know, it's funny, I've never understood any of the things he says in this whole moment until now because I'm actually being able to see it. No, the subtitles, Because yeah. he's like... Yeah. Sweeping instrumental music. We're gonna make a fortune with this place. Of course, it's standing for the producers of this film and the many dead that will lie in their wake. This is a great shot right here. Yeah. Yeah, but T Rex. That you fools. <laughs> Sweeping instrumental music continues. <laughs> Um, more dinosaurs of whose name I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're if you're coming to this podcast looking for dinosaur <laughs> experts, you're in the wrong place. I could give a crap. No disrespect to those who are. We just don't. Know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I mean, if that interests you, whatever. Um, as we're gonna see, 
hopefully uh, uh, this would be maybe a spoiler if you could figure it out certain movies we're going to do soon there are a lot of these movies that say I'll show you um, <laughs> two specific this one and another movie that we might be doing soon that uh, has a different timber or pitch to the I'll show you but yeah. uh, but to return briefly to the discussion yeah, of the anyway. sequels Jurassic World as I was watching the film I liked fine right. enough but immediately faded from memory um, and heard it, that sequel was pretty awful. Yeah, and we neither one of us saw the yeah, sequel. I didn't see it. Um, and it should be said that um, that Jurassic World, um, uh, it was, I believe, the first film to gross have a half billion dollar weekend. I believe at yeah. that time globally. And so you know, this franchise has always stood in some ways for where the industry is at that time in terms of what the standards are later on that year force awakens would kind of break that record but um you know yeah i mean i think this is a this franchise and even though the second one's i think is good is a the fact that it's a franchise is its own problem i I mean because the the specificity of what the this first film story is almost as saying, yeah, we kind of said it all like with what this was trying to be. And we shouldn't ever do that again. Like, but you know, you know, what a strange uh, sequence this is. Yeah. You know, and there's been a lot of people that, with the sequel say would real people really come to this how dangerous this would be um i think this year has been very much a open season on any of those yeah. assumptions because Hello, of John. people's willful ignorance of either Hello. science and or common sense so hello john yeah um yeah makes sense and we get our little educational film dino dna, DNA. Oh, Mr. DNA, where did you come from? Looks like a redneck DNA cell. I think we would know. He <laughs> ate some beans or something. <laughs> Great shot. Dinosaurs. What if they had instead done, uh, tried to do the voice of like uh, um, Jackie Gleason in uh, Smokey and the Bandit? Yeah, Sheriff Buford T. Justice. These dinosaurs gonna have a Diablo sandwich before we go and see Doctor Mo- Pepper. We're go see the, the Raptors. We're in a gosh dang hurry. I'm like, <laughs> um, I mean, I think most things can use skater. more Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Amber. Amber. As you said, Amber Alert. Mm. Which, again, we shouldn't joke about, but here we are yet again. Shouldn't joke about. Sophisticated. I wonder what it's like to have been that guy in that moment, the actor, and like, oh, I'm in Jurassic Park, and then like, big moment comes up, that's it, and Mm -hmm. about all your friends, and they think you got a big part, and then, oh, there you are. It's like those things where it's like, you'll win uh, to be in this movie, and you're in like, you're not in it, basically. Now, I haven't seen the original Ben-Hur, like the 20s Ben-Hur, but mm-hmm. it's like if you go look on the letterbox page for that or anywhere, it says like, 
Clark Gable, uncredited. And it's like, yeah, where would you ever see him in that? Yeah. Like, it's, oh, we just know he was in it. Like, yeah. Know, it's weird. Stuff like that. Code. It's like how I, well, this is different, but I think like Ral Walsh plays like John Wilkes Booth in Birth of a Nation. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Which, uh, let me phrase this carefully. Ralph Wal- uh, Ral Walsh hero, John Wilkes Booth not. Right. But, you know. Look here. Like the you know, like a rustic DNA strain. Yeah. You know? He's from a more rural environment, not an urban DNA Auto strain. Auto erotica? <laughs> no, no, no. He's I don't even know what that is. Uh of course B. D. Wong, who would reappear in Jurassic World, um didn't he die in that or something? Or am I misremembering that? I don't remember. Did Whatever. he get away on a helicopter? I something. There was. It's kind of a ride. There was something involving a helicopter. I don't remember if the helicopter even got away. You know, the thing I remember the most about Jurassic World is the Jimmy Buffett um, cameo, <laughs> and, which at is Margaritaville, stupid. right? Home, you know. And he's running with his margaritas. Now, he had a far better cameo. Well, basically, role in the Beach Bum as himself. Yeah. Um, but you know. Yeah, because isn't he officially credited as himself in Jurassic World or whatever? Yeah, I think he's basically which is weird, himself. but it's funny. He's not credited as himself in The Beach Bum. He's credited as Jimmy Buffett. Like, he's Jimmy Buffett, a character, I guess. Okay. I could care less in any way about Jimmy Buffett, but, you know, yeah, uh, always in, uh, just needs to be mentioned. This is obviously clearly... One of those animatronics moments, yeah. not CGI. So I believe Stan Winston, I think he uh, yeah. probably did probably. some of the work for this. He, he does it all. Yeah. Come on. Push, push. Sounds like us talking to our and this is a inter- I think this is a dichotomy of the whole movie, too. It's like it's this moment is treated as like, Beautiful and yeah. all and all inspiring, but then looking at what is coming out, oh, it's like a cute little. But it's like it's got it's got blood on it. It's got these teeth. It's yeah. immediately kind of like uh, this thing has a is you know squealing. It does not fit into the realm of the twentieth yeah. century. You know what I mean? It's uh, Yeah, he sees himself as the father, of course, of all these. The father. The only one asking the questions. The future of Jurassic Park is female. But as we will learn, they find DNA. Life finds a way. Screw them over. Yeah. He's already like, hmm. You know he's a bad boy because he wears a black leather jacket, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's as simple as an eyeball. An eyeball? So I'm trying to control your temper and just like... Is, uh... Possibly. Is, uh... Hmm. Life will not be contained in life. Breaks free of strengthening territories and crashes through barriers painfully and even dangerously at times. Uh. <laughs> is it Goldblum and uh, Christopher Walken ever been in something together? Oh, I would love to see yeah. that. That kind of uh, see because I also misremembered, you know, because well they're both in Annie Hall, I guess. Um, well, that's true. But because yeah. that's what I was thinking. It was like sometimes I get those roles mixed up. But um, <laughs> he's only got like a scene in that, but he's like a straight up. He's a certified freak seven yeah. days a week in that. Yeah. yeah. The song told us. He's like, yeah, so what? It's weird that BD Wong's acting there is both like, yeah, and like, oh yeah. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's less playing to what the character would be doing and more yeah. what our expectation is the audience watching yeah. that is, adding to the tension. But yeah. I wonder if Alejandro got off the gourmet chef. I wonder if he got <laughs> off in time. Probably not. No, Joffrey didn't. No. Alejandro's uh, prepared a delightful menu for us. Chili and sea bass, I believe. Shall we? Poor. Mm, this poor. is like the opposite of that mm -mm. scene in uh, Apocalypse Now where they're taking the... They're yeah. <laughs> with that cow. Yeah. Like, you know. Not the ending. Well, I'm saying when yeah, they have yeah. it in the helicopter earlier in the movie. Of course, interesting that Spielberg, you know, naturally chooses to move the camera of something that isn't we can't see. Like, you mm -hmm. know. Oh, but you, then you hear you work here. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't know what. You know. Look at his sock game, by the way, too. You got it all yeah. the way up. Now I may be misremembering this, but I swear there was a set piece in the novel where Muldoon literally was taking these rocket launchers, and he was like basically fencing of like the baby T Rex or something, yeah. like uh, like was in a jeep and was like driving towards it or something. I, it was something stupid. What is this? Okay, what's this actor's name? I don't uh, remember. Uh, let me look. Uh, is there anything else he's been in? Because uh, offhand, I can't really think of. Bob Peck. Bob Peck. Not Bobcat uh, Goldthwait. No. He would have been an interesting mm, person to be in that role. Yeah, we got these raptors over here. We got to take care of. Yeah. Like, they go eat you. Like, I'm not seeing anything right now. Yeah. Young at Indiana Jones Chronicles. Okay, a television show. Um, yeah, not, nothing really. This is obviously one of the most crucial moments, scenes of the movie, in terms of talking about these themes of science and yeah. the place of this whole endeavor. That Bob Peck died uh, age of 53 in 1999, so he didn't live too much longer after this movie. That's a shame. 
is the merchandise. Even just the kind of rich, like yeah. <laughs> to say the most disrespectful yeah. thing in the most yeah. low key way. If I may. If I may. This really might actually be one of my favorite performances in any blockbuster movie I can think of. Because Another thing I want to mention, this movie is 128 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Random amount shorter than most blockbusters now, of course. Yeah, now Um, they love to live in that 220 to three hour range. Um, But yeah, I mean a lot of movies. And you. Good slam here. But, you know, some movies justify that length, yeah. but most of these blockbusters no. do not, you know, that no. should be said. I mean, the only movies I can think of that usually justify lengths like that are, like, big dramas, like John Cassavetes' films, or, like, Margaret, or, uh, you know, stuff like that, like the, or, you know, the, like, James Ivory movie, or whatever, you know, like, different movies yeah. like that, that are, like, dramas that can do that. Well, especially but, some that have historical bents, right. that, you know have production value usually james bond movies are a little bit longer and i mean having finally seen every james bond movie except for no time to die which who knows um, if anybody will ever see right, that <laughs> um which just got pushed back again yeah yesterday i think um uh but you know most of those are fine enough in their length but they're a little bit long too but you know but those are movies that were getting a little bit longer back in the 70s and 80s they were a little yeah, to rape your- of the natural world to your point, this movie's pretty tight. There's not a lot yeah. of things I think that needs to be cut from it. I haven't even really. There, I'm sure there are deleted scenes available. I don't even know if I've really yeah. seen any of them. Um, but I think I well, we read that whole. There's really good article that uh, was written about um, Samuel Jackson's character in this movie. Uh, I don't remember who wrote that, but anyway, um, it was uh, David Sims. David Sims, that's right. Um, and they were talking about how there was going to be some scenes with him going down to turn on the power, and they just kind of had to cut it for some reason. I, I think it was like they got rushed or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would maybe... I don't think they even filmed that, though, like I said. So. It should be interesting that, you know, these export ex, exports experts on paleontology and the biology of these animals are like, no, this is not going to work. This is not a good yeah. idea. Even though they are, they've been clearly amazed by Blood what they've sucking seen. Blood-sucking lawyer. <laughs> but they're clearly amazed by it and yeah. transfixed by it. They're like, no, uh, this isn't going to work. Like, can we just hang out here? Man, he need to say Which that Which is going to be said that, like, I feel like they're being brought in a little late in the process to make yeah. that big of a determination um, against something that is clearly a billion, billions of dollar endeavor, you know. Yeah. Got the kids now. One thing I I would like to say about Westworld very quickly, um, who knows? Maybe I'll think more about to say about Westworld. Probably not, but we'll we'll just see. Um, 
then of course that idea is something far more both in the original film and in the uh, show. the show is much more catered to the adult um, fantasies of uh, yeah. sex and violence, mm-hmm. um, living out or sex and violence. Yeah, it's <laughs> talking uh, heads. Uh, it's yeah. Arthur City Rhyme. Yeah. Um, but you know that's f- a far more adult conception of a theme park and uh, like a kind of experience where obviously this is something that can be a whole family affair, but is even more for children, um, which is actually subtly scarier. Um, right. That you'd be putting children because in with Westworld, like, there's kind of this inherent like, oh, you signed up for this if you're an adult and you whatever yeah. happens, you're complicit in. As opposed to this, you, uh, kids aren't. If I ever meet Thomas Pinchon, I'm going to say, yeah, I read your book. Like, <laughs> um, couldn't do that with Michael Crichton because he passed away, sadly, of cancer. But um, I was What is your favorite Crichton book you've read? Um, my favorite is a book called Next, which was actually the last book he ever published in while he was um, alive, um, mm-hmm. which is basically... Uh, the movie Traffic, but about genetics, um, okay. and a novel. Um, I'm a big fan. I was a pretty big fan of that when I read it. Um, I don't know what I would think about it now. I'd still probably like it, but that was a good book. Um, yeah. Weird thing about that, there was like a whole thing about a monkey in it that was like highly intelligent. They had like done some genetic stuff. And there were some scenes in the book of him playing like baseball or something with kids and he was like dressed up in like a baseball. It was very weird. And then of course he was like throwing crap at him and stuff. It was very weird. But um, yeah, that's pretty, I, that was my favorite. I read the first of his books I read actually was that book, uh, rising sun, um, okay. which was made into a movie with Sean Connery, uh, in the nineties at some point. Here we got Samuel in this scene. Yeah, I think my favorite scenes in this movie have got to be these uh, control room scenes. Um, mm-hmm. For all the talent involved. Um, what's your honest opinion about Samuel Jackson? Because I feel like we've <sighs> he, well, kinda... he's such he's such a he's an industry unto himself yeah. at this point. I think on his best days, he is a pretty great actor. Yeah, um, I think him in Pulp Fiction, Hateful Eight, too, of course. Tarantino movies yeah. I think that's you know a lot of you know Jackson again he's covered so much ground that there's forms of Jackson like there's yeah. the Marvel movies Jackson um, there's Star Wars there's Jackson. Star Wars Jackson yeah. I mean for most I think most people love movies and I would be with that in this saying this that I'm primarily associate him as Tarantino yeah, yeah talent I and I think I mean and Hateful Eight came at a time where I was kind of getting sick and tired of him, and I was like, all right, you need to do something new or different. And it was a Tarantino movie, so in that way it wasn't yeah. new or different. But I, I thought he was really great in yeah. that. Um, so of course, I, By the again, way, let's insert really quickly here. Yeah, King Kong. Like, mm-hmm. Referencing uh, King referencing Kong. Referencing King Kong, this idea of this, uh, the way that looks. So, anyway. but I, I, And also a movie I didn't like at all, Kingsman. He played yeah. a really good villain in that who like stutters and so he's like hmm. pretty funny in it. Uh, and so on his best days I think he Fair can no be expense. pretty great. Yeah. But he's so he's in so many things. Right. Like it's easy to get kind of sick of him. But he's on his best days yeah, he's quite I good. I agree. Um <laughs> really liked him in Kong Skull Island. <laughs> now, well, yeah, yeah, Kong Skull Island, a minor classic in this house. Yeah. We'll probably we probably shouldn't say anything about what we think about John C. Riley in that movie. We'll save that for another date. Um, yeah. But yeah, y'all shouldn't have come here. I mean, um, say that of this too. Um, 
It was a different time, though. So of course, the, the dinosaurs are like hiding, brooding mode, like Batman. So it's like, oh, it, it's kind of like when you... Uh, I'm not a big fan of zoos, but yeah. when you go to zoos and like, oh, I want to see the giraffe or the baboon or so whatever. Make like, him move! Yeah. <laughs> move! Move! He's, he's asleep! He's boring. <laughs> um, Got smoking game in this movie, mm-hmm. you know. It's back when you could do that Access in public places. Grid. Um, yeah, you do it in public places and/or private facilities. In this case, the reveal that he is there, of course. My favorite workstation in any well, family. Laughs scornfully, should we say? Or cheap, or cheap. <laughs> You know, there's a lot. Uh, this happens with a lot of blockbusters. A lot of like science. Sorry about your financial problems. Technical babble. That you're like, you yeah. just kind of assume. Oh yeah, they, I know what they mean. Blah blah. But but yeah, what's his financial problems like? <laughs> I mean, thanks, what, Dad. Is his tab at Golden Corral yeah. over ten thousand now? Right. Is that what happened? Okay. Which, I, I, by the way, I want to say no shots to Golden Corral. Golden Corral's good. Oh, no. It's, and quiet. All of you. Between the tarantula and the paddock. <laughs> paddock. <laughs> the paddock. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, no, I, I really hope that Golden Corral is able to sustain COVID because they're, I really do love them. But but you know what I want to say about uh, uh, COVID and buffets really quickly? Yeah. You really start to think, though, about how nasty buffets are. That's true. Um, and I think that's one good thing that's going to come out of COVID is we're all going to... Well, obviously, some people uh, are still very not uh, aware of cleanliness or mm-hmm. uh, germs. Uh, that's been proven clear in public um, over the past few months, almost a year. But uh, buffets, yeah, that's one of the things you start to really think about anyway, let alone uh, a massive and, pandemic. And, uh, and some, of, some of these people are going to be turned into buffets pretty yeah. much. It all comes back to eating. Eating is really that's what it's all about. This is my favorite uh, equation. Addendum. Fan edit. <laughs> every every director's cut is a fan edit, as yeah. you will hear us say many times. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, God is dead, Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. Nietzsche is dead. God, yeah. you know, is, uh, and God is love. Rev run. Right. Is, you know. Poor goat. Mm-hmm. He'll make a reappearance here in a little bit. His corpse will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this line. What a freak. Ahead of the curve, I guess. He has one of the all-time greatest screams ever when yeah. he slams the... We'll talk. We'll get to that later, but when he slams that door and screams... <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, they don't really make uh, big-budget movies like they used to, do they? No. Not, and I'm not one of those people that like to complain about, oh, they don't, they don't like the old days, but it really isn't anymore. We're really in a bad spot. <laughs> and, it, you know, this is another thing I want to mention... At some point, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that you know, if you read um, 
Sydney oh, LeMay's his, uh, love this uh, moment here. I just yeah. want to say real quick. Hello. <laughs> A good Twitter pick right there <laughs> for a profile pick. I really do hate that man. Anyway, yeah, the Sydney LeMay book making, uh, making movies, movies yeah. like towards the which is a fantastic yeah, book, oh really great. But one of my towards, favorite books towards I've read the about end movies. of it, it's it came out in the early nineties, which is around the time obviously this was coming out. He's like all these new modern movies, they just don't have it. And he like name drops, I believe, bat, specifically Batman Returns. Yeah. Um, and then I believe. In, Robert um, Altman did a similar thing in Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. He was talking about like, what was it, Face Off, and like mm-hmm. some other movies. And it's like he might have, yeah, he might, I might be wrong, but he might have said something about these dinosaur movies. Yeah. Jurassic Park, even throwing that in. And I, you know, both great filmmakers, so it's not to take away from them at yeah. all. Um, but obviously, if they had any idea of what we're dealing with right now <laughs> compared to the early nineties, yeah. but in some ways maybe they were saying this is what it is now, but it's only going to get worse. Yeah, right. So. But and I get it. Those... I mean, yeah, like I mean, uh, you know, Batman Returns. Love Batman Returns. Great movie. You know, well, and Altman didn't talk about Batman Returns, but just as well, no, we'll just say with Lou May. I mean, you know, Batman Returns is a great movie, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it ain't the verdict. It ain't it's network. It man. ain't it ain't fail safe. I mean, you know, there's a lot of it's it's one of those things you get aggravated sometimes when people say stuff like that, and then you look at what they made, and you're like, well, okay, they can say whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, creepy scene. Yeah. This reminds me of his Conan appearances, which are always great. I mean, yeah. Mm, yes. <laughs> all his, all that weird stuff. And now he's on all those, like, uh, apartments.com. Change yeah. the world. Like, <laughs> I want a podcast, you know, if you're still listening to this, God yeah. bless you, by the way. Um, I want a podcast like this of him sitting in this car. Yeah. You know? Just, like, short episodes, like, yeah. ten minutes each. And that's there, chaos theory, and it's called that's chaos theory. And, uh, there's my tail is uh, taking a right. Shit, stop the program. Stop on the, the program. on the Figueroa. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. <laughs> As we'll see, that would have been a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, Among many terrible ideas. Yeah. I vid, think my vid favorite. Net. You know, well, I don't know what your favorite thing about this movie is by far, and I love a lot of things about this movie. My favorite thing has got to be these Dennis Nedry scenes. <laughs> Um, wow. Everything about it is, I mean, like, just that shot of him, like, brooding over the, like, uh, keyboard. Um, no, my favorite moment in the whole movie is later when he's talking to the guy on the dock, and he's like, you gotta give me more time, I gotta, 15, 20 minutes, you know, and it's just amazing. No promises, you know, great, great acting. I th- I'll be honest, I've seen this movie a lot of times, I think this is the first time I've really noticed Nedry's wearing shorts, which is Wait, disc- really? Dis- I never not, not, not that. Nedry, uh, Gennaro, I'm sorry. Oh, Gennaro, yeah. Gennaro. No, I've like, noticed that before. Um, which yeah. is, frankly, disgusting. Uh, a war well, crime. Well, uh, he gets taken out, so. Yeah, that's some. That's weird. Um, I, And I'm kind of kidding about this, and I'm kind of not. My favorite thing about this movie might be the Alan Grant fit that yeah. is most of the movie. It's just so yeah. good. Um, yeah, and, because with a lot of move, a lot of adventure movies, uh, going back as far as even uh, North by Northwest, usually whatever the person's wearing at the beginning of the movie, that's what they're going to wear the whole time because they don't have time to change clothes. And then Cary Grant, speaking of him, you know, twenty years before, only angels have wings. He's that's got true, lots yeah. of fits in oh, that, of but course. they're all great, great. movie. Yeah. 
Howard this is Hawks. A, you know, the more ha, Ford Hawks. Um, <laughs> the more Hawks that I see, the better he gets. By the way, this is clearly an animatronic. Uh, yeah, CGI. I think the best animatronic stuff in the movie is the uh, T Rex. Uh, some of that stuff when it's messing up the car. There's that moment where it like throws the car off, and it uh, does that big roar. It's like a really great mm-hmm. animatronic. One of the best animatronic moments in anything I think I've ever seen. And, again, it's one of those things, you know, I don't think most people, including me, would think about with something like this, but obviously the scientists are thinking about is, like, these animals are these are not equipped to be in the modern world in yeah, terms of, like, the, the uh, biology of the things yeah. they're eating and, you know. And the uh, uh, climate change and yeah. stuff they're not acclimated to, yeah. That's something I don't think about a lot, but, it, um, but yeah, it's interesting. What do you think about these kid performances, by the way? We kind of skipped over them earlier. Uh, they're passive. They're good. Yeah. They're passable, you know. Well, um, I'll be D. <laughs> um, I know the boy. I, I can't remember either their names. Oh, uh, well, I read them earlier. Yeah, anyway. Uh, the boy is, like, one of Zuckerberg's friends in the social network. Like, uh, Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. They're, you know, they're fine. Yeah, I think I mean, Spielberg good. gets great performances right. out of kids, uh, you know, so... Yeah, I mean, if you've never seen it, you should definitely go watch the um, Henry Thomas Henry Thomas uh, audition audition for E. T. Which is, and he does a lot of great acting in that movie. But that's almost the best acting in the that I've seen at all. That uh, he but. says on well, also Spielberg says in the video, you've got the job. Yeah, he's immediately he's, like, yep. Which yeah. that might have been deep into the process, and he was already yeah. going to give it to him. But terrific acting from Henry Thomas in that. Change course. Imagine him as a meteorologist. Oh my God! Uh, we, got, like, we got a tornado coming. Through. Yeah, it's like uh, it'd be kind of like uh, if you ever seen that Prince Charles. That one time he did a guest like meteorologist yeah. thing on. I saw this on the news like years ago. Oh wait, all time expletive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, and another all time expletive. Yeah. Back to back. <laughs> is that me looking at the sequels I guess yeah. um the uh yeah I mean uh, anyway there was that one time that Prince anyway back to Prince Charles um <laughs> there was that one time that Prince Charles was on like did a weather report for yeah. uh some uh I guess it was like London weather or something yeah, he, was like, call he was talking about you know how you know how in England it's like always uh raining, raining or yeah. cloudy and he's like a, uh clouds rain what bloody else is new or something <laughs> All time, I'll look that up if you've never seen it. You know, wash your hands before you eat anything. This, this shot. Tense instrumental music. He's got really big hands. That's what happens when you go to the vending machines regularly. <laughs> I insist that we get moving. It's like, why do you tell us, like... Oh, that's right, because they have to split her up so that she'll be kind of away from the rest yeah. for most of the movie, actually. Um, yeah, good good, good, good uh, split up in this mm-hmm. movie. You know, a, lot, a lot of things going on A lot on of there. good, subtle screenwriting. Love these uh, shots that look like they could be from like any weather report ever. Yeah. Of, like, storm hits Caribbean. Okay, this moment. 
This is all time acting from both people involved. What how many takes he did of that? How fast he got all that out? When he makes the decision that will end his life. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler, if you you didn't know that. I I would hope by now you've seen Jurassic Park before. Um, One sick triceratops. Could have been much. A guy who's clearly been antagonistic towards all these people yeah. all of a sudden is asking, oh, do you want anything from the vending machines? My favorite place. Maybe the- he's yeah. hoping that they'll leave him sitting later and he can have him for another snack. Yeah. Yeah. I love how the subtitles, he's speaking so fast, they're just cutting some stuff out, too, mm-hmm. because they're like... Well, Newman. Yeah. You know, Newman's just always a fly in the ointment. I just did that move. You couldn't see it. But. <laughs> thunder clapping. Um, of course, thunder of clapping. Course, thunder clapping. Um, of course, we're about to enter. I think one of the greatest set pieces in any blockbuster. Um, mm-hmm. Always thrilling. Um, I think one of the other greatest uh, is another Spielberg one. Uh, was uh, all of Jaws? No, <laughs> all that. But um, the. Uh, Truck sequence in Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the greats, I think, too, which obviously is heavily inspired by a lot of the serials. uh, (laughs) Tense instrumental music continues. Surveillance video systems. I I wonder if that company's still uh, in the black. Yeah. Nice slider. Mm-hmm. Wonder what happened to it. What if the Velociraptor got it or something later, you know? <laughs> oh, Nedry. I don't have much to say about these scenes because I love them so much. I just, it's just they speak for themselves. Love this moment where it, like, shows... I think it's the Velociraptor or Tyrannosaurus Rex... Name it takes a moment to really focus on it. Like, uh oh, it looks like a like a something you put in a nail bomb or something. <laughs> yeah, that. But yeah, it's looking like he's filling like a cylinder for a gun. Or something. Restricted. Like, don't come in. Very ingenious uh, mm-hmm. thing there. Barbasol product placement, we should say. Also. Yeah, now I'm trying to remember. I don't remember if that was in the novel or not. Um, yeah, I was going to ask if. I was going to ask in general how much this corporate espionage. Oh, it's stuff an is even in. bigger part of the novel. Yeah. Um, I said Dodson becomes the villain of the sequel, the not which isn't in the movie at all. I don't think um, that I remember. Yeah. Spielberg was like, I'm not doing that crap. Now, I just have to say, I think that is 
one of the greatest lines in any movie. If I Ned reject the vending machine, which it should be said, he said he was going there. Yeah, but it's like, oh, that's where he always is. <laughs> that's you know? his favorite spot, yeah. I love also they've already installed vending machines because he needs them so bad. Like, mm -hmm. these are some great scenes, too, of just him running around like a freak show. <laughs> like a freak show. George Takei wants to see him. Of, uh,. Lights Camera Jackson, the film critic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we didn't read his review for the movie. Well, yeah. if he wrote one, he wasn't yeah. alive. <laughs> I wasn't no, either. I don't think he writes <laughs> criticism. He, I mean, people write criticism of him in the sense of, like, why do you exist? But What a complete slob. <laughs> High voltage. Like. Yeah, it's interesting that the, uh, yeah, the whole... This walk. Yeah. Like he's a, I am it. a man. Cam. That's yeah. like in the fan right. cam. Oh yeah, Nedry. What would his song for the camp fan cam be? Like "Born to Be Wild" or mm, something? Yeah. Oh, all time car crash. <laughs> <laughs> Not that bad a one though. But it does confuse him which direction he's got to go, which ultimately ends to his death. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'll talk more about his death in a little bit in the novel. Um, I might actually find that and read it at the end because I have the novel here with me, actually. And uh, access main program grid. He's only got a little bit left on that cigarette. And you don't inside the magic marker. Please! I mean, all time, like, legacy you're leaving for people to remember you by. And it keeps playing. Whoops. Maybe this was a bad idea. Yeah, that you would be able to give all that to one man. Yeah. Who's like, oh, I want something salty. Like, <laughs> the salt he wanted was espionage. Um. Yeah. Obviously, a great decision to set all this in the rain, anyway. Yeah. So you can put anything in the rain, make it good. Yeah. I'm sure it made it technically way harder. Oh, yeah. For the effects and for the lighting and everything. You're scared of the dark too, Marv. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we won't even go there with Home Alone, like yeah. one of our favorite obsessions. They're expensive. All right, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. They immediately just, you know, great substitute teacher energy there. It's yeah. Like, don't do that. And then I had to do, well, <laughs> I won't say anything about that other than that yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, I had to tell some kids multiple times to do some things, and they had kind of an attitude about it, which is always fun to watch, you know. But, yeah, just don't even listen. Just do whatever, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. The world's your oyster, you know. Yeah, um, you know one of my favorite things to do, we talk about this often, is what is the temperature right now where they are? <laughs> because I am obsessed with being cold. I'm a very hot-natured person and like air conditioning. Um, well, being it's in a tropical kind of right, location and so, it's uh, raining, so it be more humid. Yeah, and um, a lot of action that's about to happen. You're going to get your heart rate up. You're gonna I know that's hot. one of the hardest effects for this movie to yeah. do was that the water. 
How was it that they did that? I think again? I heard like, that they had somebody like uh, one of the effects guys under the, the, the car. dash yeah. with like a guitar string. That's what I thought it was like a guitar piano string or something. Yeah, yeah. and flicked it because it was so hard to create that look. But obviously, one of the most memorable images yeah. of the movie. Another moment of that later when you see the water in the footprint. Yeah. Uh, and Malcolm is like, oh crap. But yeah, so uh, it's probably really hot there yeah. right now. Um, Which the rain might cool it down a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Tad, where's the goat? All time acting. Oh my gosh, the T Rex eats. Shocking. Crunchy. Yeah, so imagine if they created like a social studies esque park like this and they asked us, oh Jesus, Mm -hmm. if they asked us to come down there for something like that and Mm -hmm. they were like, there are going to be Nazis or Mongols there or something, you know, it's like, oh yeah, don't go because, uh, if they're going to be like, you know, similar thing, like, if you know, uh, probably don't go there because they're violent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All timeline reading here. Yeah. <laughs> Loud thudding. Yeah, if you're ever going to, like, reproduce historical groups, uh, don't do Nazis. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good idea. Which, also, not a good idea to do anything like this, but. Which, I mean, it's a similar thing with Westworld. It's like, yeah, don't create gunslingers or uh, Romans or... You know. Well, Gennaro's vision's based on bow movement, right? Mm. Perceived bow movement. Good intention here to try to get the attention of them in there, but I think they would know that it's out yeah. anyways, but whoops. I think one of the greatest shots in any movie here coming up with the uh the the iris uh or pupil mm-hmm. getting smaller. Reminds me of one of our cats when it's like looking yeah. at something. It's like, what's this? <laughs> Boring, deafeningly. <laughs> Imagine how scary that would be. Yeah. Not fun. Had some ADR on that, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Right. 
huh, what's going on? So they're just now, huh? Yeah. Oh, oh look at that. They in bad shape. As a fan of Jeeps, this is not good. Or no, that's a Ford anyway. That's yeah. a Ford Explorer. Never mind. But yeah, in the book, it was Land Rovers randomly, which I don't know why that matters. But. Ford Explorer. I do like the look of the Ford Explorer, though. At least they put those in there. Yeah. <laughs> they could have easily not done that. That's true. They didn't do anything else right so far. Mm -hmm. Now, what you want? Like, is that, oh, crap. Obviously, uh, Ian Malcolm, one of the most selfless heroes of all time. Yeah. Um, This still looks really good, by the way, I gotta say. Yeah. Gennaro. Uh, <laughs> all the best screen of all time. Race. Tell me when the stock car race. <laughs> I had a screen cap of that on my phone somewhere of him, like, mid-door I mean, slam. I mean, obviously, most embarrassing way to die ever. Yeah. Right? That's actually pretty violent for a PG-13. Yeah. I mean, no blood, really, but, you know. Yeah, I'd be curious to know what the submission of this movie, the MPAA, what they would have yeah. wanted to cut, because there probably was a few moments or things. Probably that... easier to cut some things than uh, Natural Born Killers the next year. Right, that's true. Which, famously, the MPAA was just like, we don't really know what to do with this. So. <laughs> like NA, not I am just saying. See, where I think about, oh, it would be hot, our mom would say, oh, I wonder if that stinks. You yeah. know, she's a big fan of, oh, does that stink? Which I, I agree, but. But yeah, uh, Back to the sequels. I, I have seen all of the sequels as well, other than the newest, newest one. one. Yeah. But um, I don't remember anything about the them. The most memorable so. thing to me about Jurassic Park 3 was that the Spider-Man teaser trailer was attached to it. Oh, that's it. right. Was so that the 9-11 one? Yeah, one? with the Twin right, Towers. With the yeah. Twin Towers, yeah. That was like an 01. strange. When, yeah. Uh, earlier 01 when that happened. Oh, that trailer came out. But again, what the strength of this, even one, two, and three, is that this it's like feels like there's a sense of gravity to these yeah. things. It's not too lost in the CGI. That right. it has a very tangible, grounded physics to everything. You know? I think that's the most realistic thing I've ever seen. That specific animatronic there. Yeah. I love how they don't even really exactly know what's going on right yeah. now. Two 
Well, by the way, uh, can you go make sure my uh, you know grandkids are alive? Yeah. Great beer, by the way, from yeah. Edinburgh. Uh, uh, uh. It's still going. Yeah. Really isn't, you know, speaking of the 90s, it truly is an infinite jest. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're going to die. So <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> when the heater All becomes time. the heater. Yeah, here's a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you always love to hear something like that. Mm -hmm. Good rich. All terrain. Turns yeah, out not. To call Mr. Cat oh, Rich. this is uh, all time sound here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just gotta you know. The yeah, when he uh, that. that that like banana peel slip sound. Mm -hmm. Which is strange. It would be used in a moment like this. It's like what? Why would you use that? What? Like <laughs> <laughs> really like a whoopsie like. I would just run at that point, you know. Like, well, I mean, you know, I don't know if he's in the best shape. Well, I guess. that's true. But and also, he he left the uh, canister up in the. Well, that's what know, I'm saying. You take it that. with you, and yeah. then you yeah. you run down to where the road is. You know. But you made it. Now this stuff used to really scare me as yeah. a kid. This is some scary stuff because not. <laughs> Random. They put that in the trailer that we played earlier too. Mm -hmm. By the way, that moment. Um, but yeah, this because not much of this movie I ever found too terrifying. Um, but this stuff is scary. Just because this dinosaur scary looking. You're the food. You're the puppet. Like. Play fetch. Play fletch. Mm. We're. Uh, we'll just say on the, this point, we're not Chevy Chase fans really at all. But yeah. I don't think so. No. Maybe that's what was the turning point for that. It's like, oh, I understood that. Yeah. I speak bocce. <laughs> yeah. He speaks Taco Bell. Maybe. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that stuff is uh, paralyzes yeah. you, by the way. It talked about that in the book. It spit it in his eye. Well, it's about to spit it in his eye, too, here, but, uh. <laughs> but he can get four more glasses, so, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like oh, I no, said. Oh, no, it was in his, uh, pocket. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He could have just walked. Oh, well. Either way, he would have lived, maybe. I just love that, the, that it would have opened the door. Yeah. Got in and closed the door. Well, they can open doors, as we find yeah. out later. 
Yeah, like I said, maybe, maybe at the end I will uh, read from the novel the lines of his death is mm. even worse. Uh, mm. And again, this is again one of these, you know, set pieces here that has nothing to do with the dinosaur. It's just like a, you know, yeah. response to this natural disaster essentially that's happened to them. Not what I'm gonna do. So obviously, a huge moment of character growth for mm -hmm. Grant. That he doesn't really like these kids at first, but he's like, you know what? They've been left behind. I'm going to have to step up to make sure they're safe. Well, at this point, would you still be worried about the uh, temperature if you were in one of their positions? Deep um, down, you'd be like, oh, it is kind of cold. Like. Well, yeah. <laughs> or no, I would be like, it's kind of hot. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. I meant hot. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I would be happy about that. I would still probably be complaining. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, the dinosaur thing was kind of rough, but can you turn on the AC a little bit? Like, I don't know if it's working in this uh, Explorer. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Get one of them custom explorers would be nice. Yeah. Like. There's actually a car around here, I think. Or no, it's a truck maybe. Have you seen it where it's like yeah. has engine on it and yeah. it like has a like uh Jurassic Park logo? Of course not the uh, not Valentine driving that, by the yeah. way. Some other fan it must be, you know, But uh Um I just always thought that's funny. You see it riding around in town where we live here, and it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen it in a few car shows here or there. Yeah. Like... It's just like a white truck, though. It's just like yeah. some like Ford truck, like, you know, from like the 90s or something. But... but yeah, it has like a lot of logos on it and stuff. Very weird. Oh, boy. <laughs> this would suck. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> Probably get a splinter, too. Yeah. That's another thing I wonder about. Do Would I get a splinter? No, I don't ever think about that. But that's something I'm going to think about from now on. convenient but they yeah well they you know. live 
I guess you know they the the bottom of it yeah. was broken out with the glass. So like, or the yeah. well, in that case would have been the bottom, the former top mm. <laughs> of the car. Gotta know your orientations. Mm-hmm. So not looking great uh, from their perspective as far as like one of the cars literally yeah. is missing. One of those uh, ponchos would be nice. Though. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. Gonna be at his deposition in the sky. Even, you know, in near death, he's yeah. like cracking jokes. I mean, he's basically cracking jokes here in a minute when they're going to look and then, like, he's, like, sitting there and he's like, come on, now, now, now. You know? Yeah. He's still joking. Come on. ABJ always be joking. <laughs> like, rank your PB and J's, your ABJ's. Your JPEGs. Your PDFs. What's your favorite file format? Um, I love a good PDF because it's very, you know... It's easier to be read. read yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. You got your MP3, then you got your MP4. You got your MOV, movie. Mm-hmm. Got that movie. <laughs> they were a little lazy with that one, I guess. It was like yeah. Movie. Uh, MOV. Move. Ominous instrumental music. That's the worst kind. We're like, oh, have a good inter- instrumental time, and then it becomes ominous. You know. So let's just say uh, this ain't going to work out, this whole park thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know. Gripping instrumental music. <laughs> Gripping? What, what is music? it, got me by the throat? Yeah. Like Roars, like. Roars like roar. Now it looks a little bit more fake. <laughs> All time Laura Dern scream here. Mm-hmm. Should be said that shot of objects in the mirror maybe closer than they appear directly yep. parodying Toy Story with T Rex. Two, two yeah. actually. The scream though. <laughs> top, it's like inland empire liberal yeah she didn't Laura Dern win the Oscar for a marriage story yes she Isn't did it? yeah so she's won an academy award not for wild at heart unfortunately but. no or inland empire yeah she should have for that oh Lynch tried and he did that whole thing with the cow yeah we should just say Lynch one of our personal favorite yep. filmmakers that will probably be we'll be doing one of his movies eventually yeah his birthday just the other day he turned 75 mm-hmm. so. a day after uh, Dolly Parton also 75 yeah. two iconoclasts Dolly <laughs> quite the fan of your music so I wish I had a tulpa <laughs> <laughs> what the hell 
So I would I would yell bonsai <laughs> into this mic, but I don't think you want to blow it out. You don't want to have to yeah hear that. Yeah. So uh, they're in a better place now. Well, now dinosaurs are cool again, you know. Yeah. Like, Singing? No, they're just making noises. It's like it's a uh, maybe a whale. Yeah, it's like them whale noises and jaws. That's pretty strange. It must have been wild. Like whales, like love you, babe, but like quit your noises, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Imitating dinosaur bello. Oh, bello. Under my umbra bello. Like saw bello. Dinosaur bello. Hello, hello. A, a, a. So she can find a certain kinship. She's a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I was interested to find a child vegetarian. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. Like, It'd be more of a thing now. Also, it should be said they come from privilege. Yeah, so yeah. It'd so. be more of a thing. But I love he's like, nope, not for me. Mm-hmm. Like, not for me. As uh, Josh Peck once said. <laughs> well, beat me a big old bag of cheese balls. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. As Arnold was. Um, yeah, you know, uh, they make even a bigger deal about this in the book. Oh wait, this joke. <laughs> Knee slapper. What times we've had, you know, like. Um, this music and this kind of embrace here reminds me of the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, that made that reminded me how much in the novel they do this a little bit in the movie, but in the novel how they keep harping on the fact that dinosaurs and birds are related. It's just like okay, like fine, because you know raptor is technically more in reference to a type of bird. Yeah. Um, because I remember that's towards the beginning of the novel there's a kind of instead of this oh we got to see here the merchandise the merch yeah which is just hilarious which that could have who knows that could have easily been what the movie itself was like yeah made after the movie right. and they already went ahead and yeah. put it in here i don't know like it's called cutting corners yeah the uh, but anyway in the novel the actually it's a really good opening sequence of the novel where it's kind of similar to the opening of the movie where they fly in a worker from jurassic park um, who um, is Hispanic? He speaks Spanish, and he speak. They're they're telling. It's like one of the other, basically the contractor or whoever the like leader of that work group is speaks English, and he's saying, "Oh, it's just like a backhoe accident. He had been like cut up his back by like yeah. a Velociraptor, basically." It's like, "Oh, it's just a backhoe accident or whatever." And he keeps speaking in Spanish, the like the word "raptor," basically, which then they make a whole big deal about going and looking in a dictionary about raptor it's like a bird or something mm-hmm. and it's like i just remember that it's really good opening sequence but it keeps harping on like birds and dinosaurs are connected it's just like okay from scotland like andrew carnegie yeah should be said came to america to do great oh this things. whole flea circus thing is strange the wee trapeze it's a great little kind of imagery of him eating the ice cream that would <laughs> yeah. be melting you know just like well yeah. might as well like, yeah spare no expense 
Mommy, I can see that. <laughs> Mummy. Mum. Mum. Mum, I can see the, you know, uh, blood curling dinosaur. Yeah. Like, the dinosaur. Um, you still haven't seen the Sand Pebbles, have you? No, I'd like to see that a that lot. Steve yeah. McQueen film. Not uh, the current Steve McQueen, who's alive and making films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the actor Steve McQueen. Uh, was that Robert Wise movie, The Sand Pebbles, was pretty good. But anyway, he was like one of the main supporting roles in that, Richard Attenborough. Right. And it was really weird to see him younger, you know. Um, but uh, Well, she's, he was in a lot of older movies. That's just the only one I've seen, so. I'll think through it. I'll I'll figure it out. When they're trying to reboot Marvel again, it's just like, <laughs> like Kevin, like. Hmm. Giving me something to think about, yeah. you know. Gonna ponder that one. Think about huh. that one. On, think about that one on the John, <laughs> which is my name. Uh, yeah, he was still kind of clinging to the hope that this could happen, but nope. He's like, uh, All those expenses, they've been spared. <laughs> <laughs> Even she can't resist the ice cream. She screams for ice cream. <laughs> He's still like, yeah. Um, Soft instrumental music. What do you think about the last, like, 45 minutes of this movie? Well, it's pretty good. I mean, it's. I got, think it's know, the, good. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's, the kitchen sequence, which we'll be getting to. Oh, soon, that's is right. Like, I forgot so about that. I think great. the very end is good, but that kind of a little bit of climax towards the end, I could is not as good as some other sequences in the movie. But yeah. the the kitchen stuff is. But some of the like gonna cut through the glass and you know uh, where they're like trying to get everything back online is is okay. But I won't say a letdown exactly. But it's just kind of like okay, like you know. Come on, baby. You know you're the girl of my dreams. <laughs> this snot blast here in a second. Oh, yeah. Where are its nostrils? Oh, it's up on its forehead there. Oh, I have COVID. It's not social distancing. Not wearing a mask. It's not gonna live. How would it wear a mask? Like, mm-hmm. how does that happen? It's wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my favorite bur- uh, present I got for my birthday this last year. I, I was born on August twenty-sixth. In case anybody cares, that was the day that Tom Cruise put out that video, or it was like overnight, maybe the night before, put yeah. out that video of him going to see Tenet. Yeah. In England, that was my favorite uh, present I got that day. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I've talked to you about this before. 
you know, Tom Cruise has made, only yeah. made two films with Spielberg. Right. And it's kind of interesting because they're literally the biggest actor of his right. time as far as a top, certain type of yeah. movie and the biggest director of a very similar type of movie, these big action blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And I never really felt that their collaboration was met with a movie that matched it exactly. Yeah. Because... I haven't um, seen War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds is good. Uh, Minority Report, good. Yeah. But neither one of them really go to the next level for right. me. But I think about uh, AI much more oh, yeah. than AI's great. Uh, Minority Report. Um, Here we get the revelation that, wait a minute, they're actually laying eggs and that they're Yeah, know, because they're, they're using frog DNA, which, as they explain, is kind of a... a we call it a genderless kind of, or a, even a transsexual denail or mm-hmm. DNA denail dino DNA. Yeah. Actually, fro- amphibian DNA. Oh, no, cute. how pretty! Yeah. But no. Yeah, it's scary when you realize how fast animals grow. Yeah. Okay, the only thing that I have to say about this image, I'm going to make it personal. Yeah. I mean, everybody said everything that could be said about it. So I'm going to add my little personal spin, okay? Mm-hmm. We went, uh, in 2015, we went to Universal Studios uh, in Orlando. We've yeah. been there before, but that was the first time we were there when they had the uh, Harry Potter stuff. Mm-hmm. And we rode the uh, Hogwarts ride. And I drank some butterbeer before that. Mm-hmm. Well, I have, I'm very easily, I have motion sickness, um, and uh, I threw up after that ride very quickly. Which um, we were told also that Tim Burton also And uh, he threw, threw up, up actually on the Gringotts ride, yeah. which is supposedly less of a strenuous ride. Yeah. So. Tim, Timmy, like. So, yeah. Timmy, I, I am better than Timmy. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so. I didn't really ride very many more rides that day because I wasn't feeling very good. But there is a picture of me that was taken when when we went to the Jurassic Park ride. Yeah. Now I actually did ride that ride. Um, mm-hmm. Dying. And there's a picture of me do in. I was like sitting there, kind of feeling bad. I was like propped up on my elbow, and we took a picture. It was like of me. Of course, I had my shirt on because it was mm-hmm. a public place. And you're not Matthew McConaughey. And I'm not Matthew McConaughey or Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And, you know, it t- yeah, take my shirt off. Yeah. Um, and I did a Jeff Goldblum uh, moment there. So Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I think of every time I see it now. Yeah. Now, I remember I mean, I, when, we saw that, when we saw this in Lumina. Yeah. And when I remember seeing it in the 2013, like, I got, you know, people clapping, like, when yeah. you that famous shot. But. Hold on to your butts. That's a shot. Yeah. Not waking up, yeah, to check MySpace. I'm like, <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> as the top, as their top friends change, like that was a thing for MySpace. Yeah, like it was like you could organize on your page your top friends, and so it was like, oh, Not, they yeah, moved me down. I remember like, when MySpace and Facebook was a thing when it first came out, and I never had a MySpace, so I don't. But I remember when you there. had one, yeah. I think the Tom guy, Tom from MySpace, who like yeah. every time you create an account, you're instantly his friend because he was the guy who created or whatever. Main one of the main guys, anyways. 
that he basically just like sold all his shares and is now just independently wealthy and just kind of doing a lot of charity work and just like living and his didn't life. like let it crash and burn i guess like it eventually did yeah. yeah but then then you got zuckerberg of course who's yeah. you know basically a villain basically Gal Gadot. <laughs> Gal Gadot. <laughs> Imagine. Remember the Imagine video that Gal Gadot made? I don't have anything to say about that, yeah. Remember that was like two weeks in? <laughs> yeah. quarantine. Yeah. Thinking, oh, this is so that tough. That kind of reminds like, me of the I take responsibility videos <laughs> that Aaron Paul did, that one of those. Well, I think he's in the Imagine video. So. And he get right. Maybe it's part of that. Maybe it's a series. <laughs> Every time I look at the way those look, I think of Jar Jar Banks. Yeah, you so can I, tell it's similar. Yeah. Uh, the skin t- texture yeah. is similar. He said Jar Jar Banks. Me say your humble servant. That won't be necessary. I speak. <laughs> the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. But yeah, famously, like I said in the novel, well, I don't know about famously, but uh, in the novel there were actually two T-Rexes. There was this one, and then there was like a baby one, mm-hmm. and it was a little bit smaller. I can't remember. One of them probably died. I don't know. Which all of them died, I guess, with the napalm strike at the end of the book. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, now this fit from Lord Dern. I mean, yeah. Can just stroll down the road. You know. Oh, getting a Spaz 12. <laughs> Say all the Call of Duty fans. Yeah. Tense instrument music. What's tense about it? Like, By the way, I probably would have got the M16, but that's just me. That's where like, see anything you like moment from <laughs> Modern Warfare 2. Um, yeah. Oh, use me as a table. Get the table! Yeah. <laughs> Devon! <laughs> the famed Dudley Brothers. Like there's a area near where we live called Dudley Shoals. Yeah. It's the most redneck thing I've yeah. ever heard. But uh, I always wonder, oh, the Dudley Brothers live over there or mm-hmm. somewhere? Or Dudley Boys, excuse me. Why not Channel One? Yeah, Channel One News. They still show Channel One News to y'all in no. high school. Well, they did in middle school. Yeah. High school, they're like you're too old for this crap. Which I mean, it was amiable. No, I think it was more middle school. Yeah. I'm thinking about it for me too. Yeah. Uh-oh, I remember when the BP the Raptors. Yeah. Remember the BP oil spill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when that happened, uh, 
I saw a lot about that on that Channel One News. It was mm-hmm. like I was in like sixth grade. I remember. Well, defenses. Must have turned off. Uh, you know, it was a really sad. August Wilson's fences. Hmm. <laughs> it was a really sad thing to me was when they started making all those commercials like a couple years oh, after. Yeah. It was like, please come back to the Gulf. It's clean now, you know, which is, you know, an amiable enough thing, I guess, but it's just, like, really sad. Damage the environment so much, you know. All of them were paid for by BP. Well, if you came here to hear about the BP oil spill. (laughs) See, but that's, like, humans messing with nature in ways they shouldn't have, and then you get horrible disasters. Plus, hey, this is our podcast, okay? So, we'll talk about whatever we want. All right. Torch the shed. (laughs) <laughs> I've got her. He has an all-time He's really looking. All time he's, death. He's, he's Jones and I love where she like jumps up and swings here on the. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. It's a well lit shot. Yeah. This Spielberg guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think uh, it should be said. I think Schindler's List was the first movie he worked with with Janusz Kaminski. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I'm not sure who's the DP on this, but Let's it wasn't see. him. Uh, and pretty much ever since then, he's only ever worked with Kaminski. It was Dean Cundy. Who's oh, who's known. also known? Yeah. Was it Cundy or Cundy? I think Cundy. I yeah, think. I figured. This is also a really tense sequence. I yeah. was uh, getting shocked, you know. It's like whenever you put your fingers in between, uh, when you're plugging something into a lo- into a socket, and you actually, oh, yeah, that's never fun. But except this is a lot worse. Looks like this is kind of a funny moment. Or throws it against the. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure if it's you know working. He had some New Zealand accent there, you can yeah. tell. That classic dad humor. Also, I feel like we should mention that we're watching this on a PlayStation 4. Normally, or, yeah, 4. 3, 4, 5, yeah. I don't know. Um, normally, we would speed things up on 1.5 speed yeah. just to laugh. Yeah. But, of course, we can't break the sync. But that yeah. would have been a moment that we would have done that yeah. with. Would have loved to have heard the uh 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 at 1.5 speed. Mm-hmm. Hope you're not listening to this podcast at 1.5 speed. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you do you, but. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to judge you for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, look above you. He's like, cut the crap. Should be a large bottle of cable and pipes heading in the same direction. Maybe it should have been. High voltage. High voltage. <laughs> no, they have no idea that they're racing against the clock here. You yeah. Know. Pump up the primer and 
Proton. the proton pump. <laughs> and great. Didn't he make this movie like after Hook? Yeah. By the way, which yeah. I've never seen. Um, I've it's been a long time since I've seen it. It's okay. Yeah. I know it's got a kind of a bad reputation, and it's kind of a a great idea for a yeah. movie. I think. Uh, and Dustin Hoffman, I remember liking him a lot as uh, Captain Hook. Oh, that's right. It's okay. I, yeah, I don't really think about he it all that Shmi much. played in that again. We were just talking Bob about that. Oh, Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, yeah. And, you know... Which, I, if anybody's ever going to play Shmi, you, I mean... You would also think that, you know, Robin Williams and Spielberg would have worked more together, being yeah, as big as they yeah. were, but... Um, he's actually kind of a very savvy choice for a, um, you know, younger... Or older Peter Pan. You know, yeah. But it's an okay little movie. I'd actually like to rewatch it because it's been yeah. a long, long time. Julia Roberts, uh, she plays Tinkerbell, I think. There's somebody in it. He wasn't even close enough to catch yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like nowhere near. <laughs> was the ILM sound? Was it like ten thousand volts at sea? Yeah. High voltage, like all time moment here. Is <laughs> <laughs> this the first kind of up close Velociraptor moment in the movie? Now I think about it. Other than if you want to, well, yeah, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Gripping instrumental music continues, by the way. <laughs> Give you a hand. <laughs> that face, I, yeah. I am coming. Like that's real. Like, I'm here. Like <laughs> that's real. Like you've arrived at your destination. Well, kind of. Still, he's still hacking it. He said he's got her, so. And then it took him this long, I guess, to get there, but. Suspenseful instrumental music. Best kind. The only kind. Like, if you're here to listen to Tangerine Dream, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's better be tense. Let's see, like, low-key terror instrumental yeah. music. He realizes he gets played, but he's still like, oh. He's still going to go for the kill, but... Oh, yeah, because, yeah, of course, Grant explained that earlier in the movie yeah. about how they hunt in groups like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's watching like yeah. I will feast on the scraps as Reznov once said let them feast on our scraps <laughs> a lot of Call of Duty references this Victor episode Reznov. I mean his name is Victor Reznov and he 
You should get like I a have you know, his revenge. Get like a World War One prequel with him. Yeah. The war, the war to end all world. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the war to end all worlds. Yeah, uh, war to end all wars. World War One. Now I have seen the War of the Worlds fifties film. I've not seen the fifties one. Um, it's interesting that ev- the the I know every version of that pretty much ends with, oh wait, they can't breathe. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, that's kind of always yeah. been a funny ending to me. But specifically, what I remember about that movie is it ends like that, but then it's like. God made the earth so that the aliens couldn't breathe. And the last shot of the movie is this like church and all the rubble, and it's like God saved mankind. It's just like okay. Should be said that like Tim went through like being stuck in the car in the tree, and then he got like shocked. Yeah, and like, then more to come. Yeah, Mordecai. Uh oh, yeah. David Coop. <laughs> <laughs> um, little Jonathan Depp. <laughs> Uh, we'll probably talk about him at some point in a movie he's in that we'll yeah, do later. Yeah. I, I don't feel like talking about it right now. <laughs> if you want to, if you want a good laugh, Run. there's a Rolling Stones article written a few years wait, ago wait. <laughs> about his finances, yeah. which is oh, hilarious. Yeah. Blowing all that money on Hunter S. Thompson's funeral, yeah. which I mean, I would blow all my money on Hunter S. Thompson's funeral. But at least they're getting these kids are getting to eat, you know. Yeah. Great jello moment here. You got a favorite uh, jello flavor? Oh, definitely something blue. Yeah, it would be orange or blue. Red's good. Orange would, hmm, orange would be interesting. I'm, I'm a big fan of anything orange flavor. Yeah. Anyway. Except for Delson, probably, I would hope. <laughs> Motrin, you know, children's Motrin always tasted yeah. good. But as I was saying earlier, I think this is obviously one of the most memorable, best sequences yeah. of the movie. Yeah. And I would imagine, like, these reflective surfaces were really hard on the effects. Like, uh, and even just to shoot match, it, too. Yeah. yeah. But especially there. that, yeah. Sunky said, are you sure the thermos is contained? Like, <laughs> didn't bring lunch. Unless they learn how to open doors. They are the lunch. Oh. <laughs> it's like a gremlin hand there. Take it. Which he produced. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know if he's involved in Secret of the Mogwai or whatever the HBO yeah. Max crap is going to be. I don't even know if Joe Dante's involved in that. I would think not. Orcers for Columbus. I haven't Ooh, listened sweet. to uh, the uh, that podcast he does, the movies that made me with uh, Josh Olsen in a little while. Mm-hmm. That was like one of my COVID podcasts. Yeah. Which, I mean, COVID's still going on, but I'm a little bit busier now than I was at the time, and I haven't listened to it as much. Yeah, it's a good podcast. What I've heard, I've liked. Yeah. I recommend it. I know you do. Yeah, they, they they know a lot more about movies than we do. But Well, they've yeah. been around a while. But Joe Dante's always talking about Hell's a-popping, so, you know. <laughs> Next you're going to be popping your thing. Oh, yeah. 
you know, YouTube was fun to watch in its infancy. Mm-hmm. There was a video that somebody made. It was like sounds in Jurassic Park, and they were like re. They were just like editing a lot of sounds. Yeah. Together and like a lot of them were like him hit banging the like ladles and like uh that and like Nedry's laugh. That was like all the stuff, you know. Backs up against the wall. Back up against the wall. <laughs> Sniffing. Or if dinosaurs dip snuff. <laughs> if they, you know, you know, they probably that'd be one of the more modern human things they'd probably be into. <laughs> crying in fear. <laughs> crying in fear. <laughs> Lake screaming hysterically. Ooh, that that's hurt. bad. Well, too bad for them. Cranial disease. Insane in a brain. <laughs> Insane in a membrane. I mean, another 90s luminary, you know? Luminaries, <laughs> I guess. Well, you don't agree? I mean, not that I disagree, but... I mean, it's on the, you know... Uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of it? Space Jam? Well, yeah. No, it is that, that in Space Jam? No, uh, Bullworth uh, oh, soundtrack. Right. Bullworth. <laughs> yeah, it easily could be in the Space Jam yeah. soundtrack, but I don't It does have, I believe I can fly. From, uh, Love this noted sicko look it gives here. Is like snorting. Well, yeah. already, R. Kelly. See, already starting the cocaine. These Robert. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Control alt delete. Need to control alt delete these dinosaurs. Of course, uh, before too long, we're gonna see the single greatest freak out in any movie. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess you call it a freak out or just scream or whatever. <laughs> Hello. Oh, but 90s hero moment right here. A Unix system. I mean, see, knowing about, being excited about CD-ROM pays off. You can tell he's like trying really hard to do an American accent. Yeah. But like, try to reach the gun. Like. Yeah, I, I've always imagined that'd be one of the hardest things as an actor is just to like maintain the reality of a scene and yeah. know your lines and also remember to keep your voice to whatever it is, you know, what movie dictates. Yeah. Do you remember that scene in uh, Hunt for Red right File? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Right File. Uh, in uh, Hunt for Red October that he's in, um, 
where there's, you know, it plays that stupid movie game where it's like they're speaking Russian, yeah. and then they transition into English because they're like, we're too lazy to keep doing yeah. that, and uh, there's that moment where it does that, and a scene that he's in talking to Sean Connery, I think, I remember, but I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Mm-hmm. I get that, and K-19, The Widowmaker, mixed up a lot. Yeah. Is uh, Harrison Ford in that one? Yeah, that's him and Liam Neeson. Did Catherine Bigelow make that one? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she did. Here we go, what you were talking about. Yep. Love they gave it two seconds, the Raptors, and they're like, all right, new new game plan. Yeah, leave the shotgun behind. <laughs> Ladder match. It's like if they ever asked Richard Attenborough, like, who's your favorite president? Great! <laughs> <laughs> it's like second term, not great, but... Yeah, those panics, you know? Yeah. Those good old panics. Those good old pesky panics. And those pesky, you know, political corruption. And just like, oh, I'm an alcoholic. like you know, And like, yeah, we kind of you know? did reconstruction. Like, but still step up from Johnson. So. Sorry, this isn't a history class. But but frankly, if you're not interested, turn it off now. Remember <laughs> the 3D on that was... Uh, that shot was really yeah um we saw i know that we went and saw titanic when they did the i guess that wasn't even the that was any the, anniversary exactly well, it, was, well, 20, it was the 25 or 15 well i think it was actually the it was the it would have been the not even totally the 15th it was yeah, in 2012 no, yeah, it wouldn't be 25 it was the 100th anniversary of the actual yeah. event. oh no 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 that's right yeah um yeah, but we went to see that, and then I went and saw. Actually, on my it was my birth for my birthday. Actually, is when I went to go see the Terminator Two version they did of that, and yeah, that was really cool. Which was awesome. Man. Yeah. Which again, it's no surprise that this that era of effects movies lends itself yeah. to three D and would be released re released in three D. So is this what you're referring to in terms of the yeah, last? Yeah, it's okay. Set piece? It's just uh, I don't know. I think that the greatest sequences in the movie, or I guess just not this one. I guess I don't know. It's like the some of those other ones are a little better. Well, wasn't this an addendum the movie made to the book? Was like this whole last like all oh, the T Rex yeah, versus the Raptors? Yeah, this stuff really wasn't in the book as far as they went and f- <laughs> found the Raptor uh, uh, stuff. Like the end. Yeah, the climax of the book was different. So. This is a I, this is a better one even than that is I think but hey, you would think they would have heard the T Rex yeah but well it's in you know Sneak King mode right I guess. Sneak King mode it's like it was on a gargoyle somewhere like a Batman. Arkham game or something. <laughs> How crappy that Jeep is. <laughs> After careful consideration, I've decided not to endorse your park. So, uh... so he admits it ain't it ain't working out. He's like, all right. I admit it. Like, uh, what else do you want? Like. 
reparations? Like... This image, though, like... So he gets the championship belt. <laughs> Jurassic Park defamed. So I thought that said God. That said solemn instrumental music. I said golem instrumental music. <laughs> like from the golem, the the original film from the twenties or fifteen, fifteen uh, hundreds. What the <laughs> teens? I love how he's like. Oh, he gets scared like in this moment. Like startled. <gasps> oh my god. Well, all that money, yeah. and throw that in the trash. You put a waterfall there, but... Melancholic instrumental music. Well, what times we you had... You know what would have been funny is if he, like, ripped it off and threw it out the window into the ocean or something. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. By the way, this is something we never talked about. Wouldn't you think it would be really hard to, like, find all something like that, like a mosquito in amber that's specifically those ones that had the dino DNA in it? How mm. long that would have taken? Well, first of all, I don't even know if that's even possible. Um, but, you know. Yeah. No morning for Gennaro. It doesn't look like it's great uh, John Williams piece here. End yeah. it where we began. Yeah. Talking about John Williams, but yeah, this is a really good score though. I think it's up there one of his top ones for Spielberg. Um, except the Jaws one, I think is one of the best ones. But see the old animals, or I mean, well, yeah, animals, birds. Like, yeah, it's like okay, they do move in herds. Like, and he's like, oh, look at that. Like, <laughs> what times we had. This is just a, such a what times we had kind of movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, remember that time we almost all died, you know, from dinosaurs? Engine. That's so what's interesting is it kind of strikes this nice, sweet note yeah. at the end. It's like, oh, uh, well. Free. Yeah, they didn't, first of all, napalm the, the whole island. They didn't have a whole scene at the end when they're back on... Land and their and Gennaro's like calling people like we need to get this stuff straightened out like yeah. you know. <laughs> so yep, there we go. This is Jurassic Park. Gerald R. Mullen. Now Kathleen Kennedy, of course, one of for the longest time one of Spielberg's biggest producers. Of course, now in head of in charge of Lucasfilm. Um, and interestingly, uh, Frank Marshall. I don't guess he didn't wasn't a producer huh, on this because yeah. usually Marshall yeah. and Kennedy produce. Well, All so like, Spielberg's movies, really, he, from Raiders movies. Didn't uh, Frank Marshall direct Congo? Yeah. That uh, other... That or, it might have Michael been right Crichton around this time. Film, I don't yeah. know the year, but could have been. That might have been why. I don't know. But yeah, he's... That was, of course... Like Stop eating my sesame cake! <laughs> uh, which is... That's not even a movie I've seen, but uh, yeah. I think that was in Congo. I think, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Well, Samuel Jackson, Wayne Knight... Can't wait to see Wayne Knight again on this podcast. Yeah, we'll get around to him eventually. Dean Cundy. So, uh, I guess what's there really to say? Uh, it's yeah, great. I mean, I mean well, I well, I'd be interested to know where for you. Where does this rank in terms of Spiel Michael Kahn? It should also be said is longtime Spielberg editor. Uh, where does this rank for you in terms of Spielberg's kind of career? Your own personal ranking. Well, maybe favorites or best. Yeah, I mean, I think. My favorite is Jaws. Then I, probably after that's Close Encounters. I really love. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's up there. It's in the top so many. Uh, 
trying to think. I know my number one would also probably be Jaws. Number two yeah. for me would be E.T. That's perhaps. up there for me, Raiders too, of Lost yeah. Ark, probably three. That would be up there. Um, Close Encounters is a movie that I never disliked. I've always liked, but it's really grown on me over the last few years, and I quite love it now yeah. a lot. Um, so that would also be up there. I really love Lincoln a yeah. lot. I think as far as his most recent movies and more that historical would be, event that movies. That would be a good, if we're going to return to him at some point, that would be a good movie I think that movie has yeah. perhaps the greatest cast ever in any yep. movie um, from the top to the bottom. I mean, so I really love that. I really love Bridge of Spies. I mean, he's transitioned into being older director, I think, yeah. for the most part. Some of his more weaker movies have been, quite frankly, some of the more recent ones where he's tried to go back to the well of making this type of movie yeah. again. Yeah. Whether it be Ready Player One or the BFG, which wasn't bad, but yeah. wasn't particularly memorable in any way. Yeah. Um, 1010, fine, but doesn't really strike a chord. But, I mean, this was him at its height, his height in terms of making yeah. this brand of movie. Um, and he had a really good 2000s, I think, too. I mean, yeah. uh, Catch Me If You Can is quite good. I actually still haven't uh, seen Munich's that. Munich's quite good. Um, so, you know, he's, he's made... He made you know, and there's a lot of cynicism, I feel like, with Spielberg in terms of yeah. people thinking he's, you know, turned Hollywood in a certain direction, this and that. I mean, I, as you said at the top, I think he's among the greatest filmmakers not only America's ever produced, but any nation's ever produced. And, you know, they're not all hits or hits in the sense of awesome, great movies, but the sheer level of those at the top of his career, and even more mid tier movies that could. Maybe not, uh, you know, you remember as often or as eagerly, say, like, just take, for example, maybe his segment from, you know, uh, Twilight Zone, Zone movie yeah. or um, Empire of the Sun. Movies that you don't immediately think of from him are they're still as well-made yeah. as they are and still have that Spielberg touch. Um, you know, so I, I still very much stand by the fact that I think he's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. And again, this fits very comfortably towards the top of the list, I think. Yeah. And the effects, again, they might not be as on point, but the filmmaking's great. You got the right actors at the right time, and so very yeah. much stands the test of time, I think, to this day. Yep, agree with all that. Um, Anything else we'll add before we... Well, oh, let me off. let me find that one section about when Nedry died because that's just something that needs to be read out loud. It's funny. Um, yeah, I actually found out today. I still do own this book, actually. So. And while you're looking for that, uh, I want to read from uh, Bill Jabiri's ending that he wrote for yeah. uh, the re-release also that I thought okay. was quite good. Go ahead and mute this. It's just... The great music of John Wayne. Um, so yeah, let's see. This is where he had, you know, if you remember, of course, where uh, Nedry was going to die. I'll read the last uh, end here. He stretched out his hands, waving them wildly in the air to ward off the attack he knew was coming. And then there was a new searing pain, like a fiery knife in his belly, and Nedry stumbled, reaching blindly down to touch the ragged edge of his shirt, and then a thick, slippery mass that was surprisingly warm, and with horror he suddenly knew he was holding his own intestines in his hands. <laughs> the dinosaur had torn him open. His guts had fallen out. Nedry fell to the ground and landed on something scaly and cold. It was the animal's foot. And then there was new pain on both sides of his head. The pain grew worse, and as he was lifted to his feet, he knew the dinosaur had his head in its jaws, and the horror of that realization was followed by a final wish that it would all be ended soon. 
So, uh, yeah, at least we were spared that. Um, Which, of course, that wouldn't fly really in a PG-13 anyways. No. At least of this time. Yep. Um, So this is from... (laughs) Maybe it would today. I don't know. um, What does PG-13 even mean nowadays? Yeah, it's been incredibly watered down. But um, this is from the end of... Bill Jabiri wrote a uh, review for the 3D re-release... For Vulture. uh, For Vulture.com. The last paragraph, I thought, was a really good summation of this movie. Of course, all of that how-does-it-play-20-years talk is a bit of a gimmick in itself. Jurassic Park never really went away. The intervening years gave us two sequels, all of which pop up incessantly on cable and lots of movies have borrowed from it along the way. But what's perhaps most memorable about it now, aside from the thrills, which are still there, is how slightly deprived of its unimpeachable high-tech newness. It feels more clearly personal, more like the work of an artist pushing his relationship with an immense audience. Watching it, we can sense Spielberg trying his damnedest to take his this wide-eyed blockbuster into curiously dark corners. He would display that same darkness of kind of glorious sadism, really, in Jurassic Park's much maligned, underrated sequel, The Lost World. We also saw it in the earlier Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, the movie that helped invent the PG-13 rating, speaking of PG-13. Yep. The real reason Jurassic Park still works so well is that it was made by a filmmaker who knows that Sometimes art, even the ultimately reassuring, box office-friendly kind, has to hurt us a little bit to make a real impact, which I think is a really good summation of a lot of the things that this movie's playing with. It's here to kind of scare us. It's here to be kind of wrap us in awe. It's here to show us something we've never seen before and by way of taking us to some of the most primordial uh, prehistorical figures that are the dinosaurs. So... um, I just think all those elements combined to make this, again, an incredibly rewatchable thing. Again, we kind of laugh maybe about some of the, the fashions of the time. Oh, yeah. interactive CD-ROM, but yeah. it feels like in a lot of ways it could have been made yesterday in yeah. terms of uh, how high quality the filmmaking mm-hmm. is yep. or any era. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, so Jurassic Park's great. Um, <laughs> you didn't need to listen for to two and a half uh, hours to know that yep, probably. But, but, uh, but Yeah, it still holds up. Every time I see it, it's still good. Uh, um, and... Like I said, the more you uh, look at blockbusters that are made today and you go back to the well and you're just like, oh, yeah. Uh, it's better than normal stuff. Yeah. So, anyway. So um, that's going to do it for us today on the Overlapping Dialogue. Hopefully you had a good time uh, and hopefully you had fun watching this with us. Our next film, it's interesting that we're kind of following this up from that, but we when we were doing the order of this, this is the one that most immediately jumped to mind in some ways. The next film we're going to do is American Graffiti, which was made 20 years before this. The ultimate of uh, the times we've had. Maybe. Yeah, 1973, uh, from a grand, uh, one of Steven Spielberg's best friends, George Lucas, who we have a lot of thoughts and a lot of love for him that we're going to be exploring yep, absolutely. at the top of that podcast, but also with that movie itself. So, um, again, this is Kyle. This is Levi. And we're signing off today, and uh, take care. God bless. Something big is coming to McDonald's. Something of such enormous proportions. It could only be called the Jurassic Park Extra Value Meal. Okay, let's eat! An enormously juicy triple cheeseburger with fries and a medium drink in one of six free Jurassic Park collector cups. The Jurassic Park Extra Value Meal. A dino-sized value for a dino-sized appetite. Hey, where's mine? What you want is what you get at McDonald's today.